0: what's going on friends and welcome to another episode of best friends talk funny the only kind of funny community podcast all about the best friends that make up said community i am your host kyle stevenson aka Hoodat ninja 73 and first off let me apologize for the delay in this episode pax east was last week and i am exhausted i'm exhausted I slept for 14 hours when I got home uh, on Sunday. I fell asleep at like 6 p.m. and did not wake up until, oh man, I don't know, what's 14 hours away? Eight o'clock in the morning the next day. Um, So I'm very tired. I'm still trying to get back into the rhythm of things. I wanted this to be up Monday morning, uh, but obviously it's not Monday morning. So I apologize for that. And I apologize to my guest, my awesome guest, Mr. Trevor Starkey uh, from that nerdy um, Trevor as we get into this episode uh, is one of the first people that I uh, really reached out to and wanted to have him on uh, because of just how much he has done for the community how much he has put himself out there and has been a constant inspiration to uh many of us who are trying to get our hands into the content uh producing game and creating things and uh not to mention just how much he has done for me just being a friend and being very open opening and welcoming um when i still did not know many people in uh, this community um so yeah this has been uh, i can cross off uh dream guest off the list uh with the one and only trevor starkey um we talk about a lot of great things in this episode. A lot of uh, uh, stuff about Trevor and his uh, history with theater. Uh, we talk about um, you know covering games and, and doing the uh, the the writing content, then making vlogs, and then his the creation of that nerdy site, and many many other things. It's uh, it's hard to do a quick summary on this one because we talk about a lot of really cool stuff. And why don't I just stop? Talking about Trevor Starkey, and why don't you hear it from the man himself, Mr. Trevor Starkey, CEO and founder of that nerdy site. I don't know if he calls him CEO, but you know what he is. He's the CEO. And let's get to know a best friend. A bit better.
1: Kind of funny is best friends. What that means is we are there for each other. What that means is that you can go to any kind of funny live event. You can go to an RTX. You
0: can go to a PAX. And if you see someone in one of our shirts, you can go up and talk to them. You can go to dinner with them. Kind of funny is this. Best friends talk funny. How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing all right. How about yourself?
0: Very well. This has been a long time coming. I it, think I asked you about this like when I first started to do the show, and that it, was like two years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, it has indeed. And and uh, I was thinking about it when you sent me kind of over the uh, the run of show and and what you needed and whatnot. And I was thinking about it as like I I remember us talking about it a couple years ago, and me thinking, oh man, that's so cool because like years and years and years ago back before i was even doing trevor trove like mm-hmm. this is more or less the idea i had for a podcast spawning out of the kind of funny community Yeah. of like okay it, like back then the idea was uh to ho- like me and another person is kind of a host and then we would have like an ever rotate uh ever rotating third chair of somebody from mm-hmm. the community um that would come in kind of talk about whatever they're working on make whatever their plugs are and then we would do like all right, let's, let's pick a random topic that kind of funny has been talking about yeah, and yeah. we'll do an episode, you know, around that topic ourselves. Um, so I, I love that you kind of like, uh, or that like we had similar ideas in that yeah. vein. Um, and you, you actually got it up and off the ground and, and have, yeah. have been running <laughs> with it.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it was, it's nice to know that someone else also had that idea. Cause I think it's kind of genius Yeah, or ingenious, especially with like the community that we're both part of there's so many cool people in it that doing cool things exactly yeah like it it seems like a no-brainer to just kind of like highlight it and all that stuff Mm -hmm. um but you mentioned before and i I was going to get into it later but you mentioned it trevor trove that's kind of where i first other than your early appearances on kind of funny stuff um I Knew You from Trevor Trove, yep. which is your your first site, right, that you're writing on?
1: Yep. Uh, yeah. I, so I had done, like, a little bit with IGN blogs and stuff like that um, before, and then, like, kind of funny, launched, uh, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I think I was maybe also doing, like, my own little blog spot thing, just kind mm-hmm. of, like, I, at the time I was doing, like, theater reviews, because I was much more involved in the, the local theater scene. It was just kind of like a creative writing outlet for me. Um, and then... I went and did the kind of funny games cast as like my first podcast ever. I went on as a Patreon guest and basically I decided, well, if I want to actually try and go down this route, might as well try and like throw myself in the deep end. Uh, So I used my tax refund that year as like a Patreon supporter for kind of funny, um, did the podcast and then kind of like was gauged how I did from that was going to be how, like what was going to happen next. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and I had a great time with it and, and, uh, and Greg, like, I remember uh, at the time he was like, that was the best one we've done yet. And admittedly, it was like very early on in Gamescast uh, era Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, But then the, the real like best moments for me came when um, the episode started going live and people didn't even like catch that i was a patreon guest they just thought i was like in the industry already and one of their you mm-hmm. know industry friends or something like that and so uh, i felt uh, emboldened by that support and uh and whatnot and so eventually unfortunately i didn't have anything to plug at the time so yeah. if i could like do it all over again i would have started trevor trove or something else first mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but yeah uh five or six months later, I went and kind of decided to actually start doing Trevor Trove, following the whole mantra that they always uh, espouse of, you know, if you want to do it, just go out and do it. Yeah. Um, It was kind of a mix of that. And Alex O'Neill from Rational Passions at the time, who I had met at Kind of Funny Live, uh, the very first one, he was doing, he was in the in the midst of a thing uh, he called Don't Break the Chain, where he was writing every day. And so mm-hmm. I kind of took that and was inspired by it and decided with Trevor Trove to do a... Um, Write every day and publish every day. So I was doing like daily uh, written content, either like responding to the news of the day or video game reviews or uh, like for Stardew Valley, for example. I just kind of like turned it into a journal of like what I was doing in the game and kind yeah. of like added like characterizations and stuff to it. Um, so yeah, I did I did Trevor Trove for a while, uh, mm-hmm. but doing something every day like that, I got burnt out. Yeah. Uh, How I, long was that chain before um, you stopped? The, the chain of daily writing and publishing was 300 days, nice. um, uh, and then I, I kept doing a little bit of intermittent stuff here and there, and that was around the time um, Trove Talk started. I started doing like the my, my like first run at, a, at my own podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, did that for a few months, uh, but then, yeah, just kind of like got super burnt out and kind of took a, a little time away. Then when I decided to come back, I, like a crazy person again, decided to do daily <laughs> vlogs. Mm-hmm. um and then like a week later bernie burns was on kind of funny stuff basically saying yeah, don't do vlogging every day like do it once <laughs> yeah. a week you know uh-huh. don't, you'll burn yourself out and i was like ah oh, shit i wish i'd watched this episode you know two weeks ago or something like I that."
0: i can imagine that's even more draining than writing every oh day. Yeah, it,
1: yeah. yeah yeah so the the nice thing about like the the vlogs eventually became um, it's just me sitting in front of a camera talking for 10 minutes on something that I was doing but the like the behind the scenes work that's going into that is okay well if I'm talking about a movie I've got to spend a couple hours watching that movie Mm-hmm. Or if I'm, like, watching a TV show or reading a comic or playing a game, I've got to, you know, put all of the time into, like, doing the thing before I can spend 10, 15 minutes talking to a camera about the thing. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I ended up doing that for a year. I made it through a whole year of daily vlogging um, and then got super burnt out from that. And uh, yeah. and so that kind of, like, that offed me. And basically I was like, okay, um, yep, I I, I – for – more than a year, I think I was like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of good. I don't think I really like, I've, I've had my run in the midst of all that Trevor Trove stuff. Um, I, I, you know, had the great opportunity to freelance with IGN for a little bit as, as kind of a news freelancer with them. Um, and, uh, and that was really cool, and I, you know, got to go to a ton of events, and I got to go to my first E3 and all that stuff. Um, and so like, I hit so many of like the milestones and check boxes, mm. and then like looking at the reality of things, I was like. Well, if I really want to pursue this as like a career, I don't, I, I don't know if I do because San Francisco is really, really expensive. And yeah. and even IGN doesn't pay their people well enough to like go out and live in, IGN, uh, in San Francisco mm-hmm. um, unless you're going to get like five or six roommates. And as a 30-something, that wasn't yeah. really what I was looking to do. Uh-huh. So I started kind of backing away from like the end goal being an IGN or something like that. Um, and so I was kind of content with that. but then a um, little uh, maybe about nine months ago I started kind of getting the itch again and, and wanted to kind of start creating stuff and I got this idea for this podcast I wanted to do uh, where we would take like it, it, everybody was doing like their end of the year ranking or best games of all time kinds of lists mm-hmm. and all that sorts of stuff. And uh, I saw one and I was like, oh, you know it would be really fun to do like one of these lists where not only do you basically put the restriction on, um one game per franchise or something like that but i also threw in the like let me also do one game per console and so that was the like the idea behind what ultimately has become that ultimate video game list show that i'm doing with um now with that nerdy site but like at first it was just kind of like eh maybe i'll get back into podcasting and i'll do that as a podcast i've still got trevor trove like all that's still good to go i can just kind of like dust that off and, and bring it back um but then as like the idea started growing, and I started talking to other people. I was like, maybe I want this to be not just me this time out. Maybe I want to do yeah. something with a team, but I don't want. Especially
0: after doing two things by yourself for yeah, consecutive, yeah. like daily for so long.
1: Yeah, it's a no brainer. Very much, yeah. It was it was very much like okay, I like and and the thing always in the back of my mind was. I don't want to burn myself out again. I don't mm-hmm. want to do that again. I, I need to figure out a way to balance it. And and as I started kind of coming up with the ideas for other shows I would want to do, you know, what would what would my spin on a, uh, you know, an, a kind of funny interview kind of thing look like? What would what would that be? And do I want to try and do wrestling content and video game content and, and comics content and all that stuff again? Um, I started ballooning up the ideas out. And I was like, okay, nope, I got to rein myself in. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and it was around that time that Logan um, basically kind of announced that he was going to be walking away from Irrational Passions, Logan Wilkinson, um, and, uh, and he and I had been talking about, like, my ideas for this for a little while now and we kind of started thinking about like bigger like hey yeah if 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 he were to work with me and join me it wouldn't be me doing everything and mm-hmm. so what what could that be and i think i think also at this point i already kind of had the idea of like relaunching or rebranding from trevor trove to that nerdy site but it became kind of just that much more poetic in the in the same spirit of Game Over Greggy show going to the Kind of Funny podcast or Mm -hmm. Game Over Greggy going to Kind of Funny in general um, it was I want to build something that isn't tied to me and Trevor Trove is always going to be tied to me so yeah um, I set to work basically but I didn't want to lose everything that Trevor Trove was so I spent a couple months there like migrating all of the old Trevor Trove uh, articles and stuff into a new website um uh kind of behind the scenes stuff. And so uh at this point, yeah, pretty much everything's in that nerdy site that I want to be in that nerdy site. And mm-hmm. I'm just gonna kind of let that uh Trevor Trove expire here at the end of like that Squarespace contract in a few months. Yes. Um so yeah, it's uh and and so I had Logan on board and then kind of um went to Pax West last year and was staying with Ben and Chloe. Um they were kind of my roommates for that event. Um Frank Pisani was there as well, Christian was there and I started basically reaching out to them and saying, hey here's a thing I'm starting to do. Um, it'll very much be like a place for me to do stuff. But you guys also don't necessarily have dedicated spots to create content and to, mm-hmm. and to put stuff out on the internet. Um, but you have voices that I think are fun and engaging. So uh, we started kind of spitballing ideas and talking about stuff. And, uh, and so Ben kind of had this idea for what became that wannabe film class that he's been working on christian was very excited to finally have a chance to do an anime podcast mm-hmm. so so that kind of blossomed out of there um and then uh, and then yeah we kind of filled the filled the last couple like spots with um cameron who himself had gotten burnt out doing a uh, his own thing kgn uh formerly naughty gamers he kind of was like ready to walk away after i mean he, he probably started doing kgn around the same time i started doing trevor trove um Mm -hmm. and he didn't take breaks throughout like he didn't get burnt out he was his was more of a like a weekly podcast kind of thing but he was like even if it was him sitting down and just talking to a microphone for 10 minutes he was making sure that there was a podcast out every week um so i think he got a little burnt out by that and he'd kind of stepped away and he's local so we went and saw God, it might have been when we went and saw Joker. I was like, "Hey, there's always a spot at that nerdy site if you want it." And he basically immediately took me up, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that was that was more quick than I was expecting." But all right, yeah. let's let's do it. Um, that must be then, a good feeling knowing yeah. that
0: all these friends are just willing to to hop along with you and build yeah. this, this site.
1: Yeah, and it's, and it's been so. And and then uh, I guess Jazz was the last one. Who Jazz is um, uh, a friend of mine that I met through the Rational Passions community. Uh, she happens to be Logan's roommate. Um, and uh, and yeah, she basically kind of came on board because she was like, I want to create, I want to do some writing stuff, and Logan kind of brought her into the fold, and uh, and so she's been like, she's doing, she exists kind of outside of the bigger pop culture sphere but the idea of that nerdy site was hey it's it's whatever we're nerdy about so as it is right now um logan and jazz are very excited because survivor is coming back on and they're doing like a big like all (laughs) winners all past winners season or something like that Mm -hmm. for their the 40th season of survivor because good lord that's been going (laughs) on for forever um so i think they're going to be doing some kind of like recap with that because that's something they love and they're super nerdy about and and I was like, "Cool, we've got I've got the website. Just go ahead and like we'll we'll find uh, you know time to to schedule it and all that stuff." So yeah, it's been really cool, kind of getting that up and running, um, and and working with them all to kind of um, give give them a voice. Or um, some of the fun stuff that I've had so far really has been um, uh, kind of if they've got like a review or something, sitting down and going through and editing it and trying to like hone and and really like. F- fix or, or not fix mm-hmm. but like find their voice and kind of uh, pull out some of the unnecessary stuff there was uh, in particular like sitting down with Cameron for his Death Stranding review was the first time I really got to do something that big as an editor because mm-hmm. um, with Trevor Trove it was pretty much just always like self-editing and publishing and boom it's out and done um, so getting to really collaborate with others has been a lot of fun so far on this one
0: yeah. is that a weird feeling to have now that you are you're kind of like the editor-in-chief uh, of let so like you have to look through everyone's work I, I assume you're doing most of the editing podcast wise um
1: uh the the podcast themselves um uh ben edits that wannabe film class oh, sweet. and okay. uh and and christian edits that anime pod they like send me the files and i'll get it uploaded and ready to go and, mm-hmm. and get everything um posted on the site but so even that's just kind of like because of we're still in three months into the site and so it's just kind of Definitely. easiest it's been easiest so far for me to kind of manage all the accounts and yeah, and yeah, get yeah. All that stuff going but the idea will be um you know once we uh, continue to kind of grow and, and expand it'll be okay like here's like i've already even got some some kind of like how-to docs of here's how you upload it to our libsyn here's how you upload it to the youtube um so that anybody can kind of hop in and do that um, nice. but yeah for for the other the other three so far, I've kind of been taking the point person. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the that that D Plus show, our Disney Plus show, um, is uh, is one that like is basically my baby, and that Ultimate Video Gameless show. Um, so both of those, I, I definitely kind of spearhead the editing, mm-hmm. um, and then for the most part, I'm doing that Nerdy site show, um, kind of our our main our our Game Over Greggy type show, mm-hmm. or kind of funny podcast type show. Um, but even that like that's something that Logan is very much interested in kind of taking on himself and, uh, and kind of really starting to drive. So he might be like, I might hand that off to him here in the coming awesome. months um, yeah. more so. And he'll, he'll edit it and kind of work on getting that all together. Yeah.
0: That we, we started the show where you said like, this was an idea that you also had uh, that your Disney plus show was also an idea that I had. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just like you, like I didn't want to add something to, already to my plate to get burnt out from you know doing another show on top of it and then when you said you were doing it, i was like hey, great somebody else is, is taking the reins it's gonna be awesome so i'm good i'm yeah. glad that idea is happening
1: yeah, no, we'll will definitely. Uh, I would love to have you on for an episode for here, for sure. Because um, yeah, that that was that was another one of those like the the two real big ones that I've been passionate about were the that D plus show that basically was just like I I know I'm going to get Disney plus. I took advantage of the D twenty three deal. I have mm-hmm. three years of Disney four years yeah. of Disney plus because Verizon ended up giving me an extra year. So I already have four years of Disney plus paid for. I'm going to use that. I'm going to enjoy it, um, and uh because of when we were launching the site it was like and that'll be a perfect time to try and really like get a little traction around disney plus um at the same time i was like i don't want to put disney in the name of the show because i know disney is like notoriously litigious so i definitely don't like i want to and and i just kind of stumbled upon d plus as like um the the tie into like hey this is the show that we're doing and also as a kind of like precursor of what kind of quality to expect it's not it it might not be a great show (laughs) Uh um uh but yeah that that's so that and the video game list show were like the two big new ideas i had kind of bringing to the table uh like i said the, the the kind of that nerdy site show is just kind of a it's it's the what's up everybody podcast i think that that uh i don't remember who coined that phrase in our community but um somebody did and i i I love that 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 as like a naming convention because it basically tells you it's just kind of the the podcast where we get together and talk about the stuff um and then that wannabe film class was very much ben's idea and that anime pod was very much kind of christian's baby so uh just kind of like giving them free reign on those um was was like a a nice way of me basically getting to have a, a a movie podcast and an anime podcast without having to put all that time and effort into it myself. Yeah, um, sure. I'm always happy to, you know, step in as a guest with them or something like that, but, um, really I'm letting them kind of do those things. And to your, your kind of comment about not wanting to take on another thing and overwhelm yourself that, that very much is where like Patreon came in handy this time around. And I could basically say, okay, I don't want to do five podcasts right out the gate, but we can, you know once what if we can tie some some money to it um we can make sure that the site is paying for itself and and all that stuff and use that as incentive to add new shows to the mix mm-hmm. so um the week we're recording this actually is like a big week for that nerdy site because it's, it's our first week where we've got a new show going out every day of the week nice. um, uh mondays are our that nerdy site show tuesdays are that plus show every other wednesday which this happens to be one of these wednesdays is our that anime pod um, and even that might eventually become a weekly show if Christian kind of feels comfortable doing it as a weekly show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursdays are that wannabe film class with Ben. Uh, and then Friday is that ultimate video game list show. So, um, and even that doesn't count the video game news show that we kind of have now in the doc um, that, that Logan's going to really spearhead as kind mm-hmm. of um, the spiritual successor he wants to do from input that he did with uh, Irrational Passions. He kind of wants to get back into that kind of weekly talking about the news of video mm-hmm. games since despite so many of us being in video games, we don't really have a dedicated video game show um, right now. So
0: yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Very exciting. I'm happy you guys are doing it because you're all very talented people.
1: Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's it been just, a lot of fun to just be It just
0: makes sense. It just makes sense that you guys are doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and that was the, like the, the, the thing I felt like I could bring to the table, especially on this and, and something like this is the, like I have a, I, I, uh, Greg always says like, we don't have a background in business. I do have a background in business. I have, I have a degree in business management. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, I can, I can manage the like actual business of running that nerdy site that, you know, Logan might not be able to do, or Christian might not be able to do, or Ben or Chloe might not be able to do. Um, and, and I can kind of take care of all that stuff. I can worry about, you know, getting the bank account set up and managing the Patreon and all that stuff. Um, and they can really just kind of focus on the content and I will still be able to do the content as well if I want. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, that was another another case where I was able to be like, I'm going to be like the Nick Scarpino of this, where <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to. It's it's definitely a learning curve, but mm-hmm. um, it's it's one I felt uh, kind of up to the challenge for.
0: Uh, now you mentioned you have a business management background. Yeah, um, is that always something you wanted to go to school for? Was business?
1: So I went to school. Actually, uh, I have a dual major I- in business management and theater. Um, because the dream during college was uh, i wanted to run my own theater company the dream originally i spent my first year in at asu as a computer systems engineering major Mm -hmm. and then about halfway through my second semester i was like you know what i really like playing video games way more than i like making them and i was only making like tic-tac-toe at the time or something like that so it was just like this is going to be a long haul i don't really want to head down this path it'll be a it'd be a nice well-paying path but it wasn't really what I was looking to do, and I wanted to get back into the arts and stuff, and so I started doing theater and business management as kind of the, I I have fun doing theater, um, but also I recognize that theater is not, you know, the most lucrative of, mm-hmm. of opportunities. Even running a theater company is not going to be super lucrative, but that was kind of how I justified it to my parents, I guess. Yeah. And so I ended up doing, uh, doing that and getting both degrees. I got my theater degree in 2008 and I was like, you know what? I don't really like the, I don't like the business school at ASU anyway. So maybe I'm just going to get the theater degree and be done with it and whatever. Um, and then the economy collapsed in 2008 and the, and the recession hit and everything. I was like, I'm going to go finish that, that business degree. So I ended up getting that degree ended up working for a solar company for a couple of years just through a friend. But eventually I got the opportunity to work for Phoenix theater in town, um, which is like, they're celebrating right now their hundredth uh, anniversary season. Um, uh, and so basically getting to work with them was getting to pursue the thing I'd w- went to school for and got yeah. to do. Um, and I did that for a couple of years and it was a great time. And I learned a ton. Um, and ultimately I was doing theater, as my day job. And I was also still doing a lot of like acting and, and, you know, working as a stage manager for shows and stuff in the evenings. Um, and I got a little burnt out as is, as is my want (laughs) doing theater. Um, and so eventually I kind of like switched away from that, got a new job. Um, and then um, celebrated that new job, which was paying me like twice as much, uh, with the very first PlayStation experience, um, that was happening in Vegas at the end of 2014. Um, so I treated myself to go up and and hit that show up. And that was the very first event I ever went to. And I like the combination of that. And then a month later, kind of funny breaking off and, Mm -hmm. and leaving IGN and becoming kind of funny, kind of like, were the, the things I needed that, transitioned me away from the the theater community, which I had already kind of been like fading from a little bit, um, into the more online video game community and and Mm -hmm. certainly the kind of funny community, of course. Um, and so I kind of traded in like my local community theater friends, um, with like a, a a much wider pool of online friends, uh, around the world. Um, so yeah, that, so the, that was kind of my journey. Um, but be, because of you know just having a general business background um you know I, I know accounting and i know finance and and i certainly have picked up more of that just through my various jobs over the mm-hmm. years and, and kind of working with finance departments at various other companies and and learning all that stuff learning the mm-hmm. ins and outs of how to run a general ledger and all that kind of like super in the weeds accounting stuff so yeah um it was something i was like okay i can apply that to this video game idea i want to do
0: nice um you uh was theater something you discovered you like to do in college or was that like a high school thing
1: uh, i got into it uh midway through high school in in high school i was doing um uh i i, I was the like i was a band kid first uh-huh. and then uh that it seems it like spe- the,
0: the the transition for most people <laughs>
1: specifically yeah, I, was, I was in the drum line in our marching band um and one of my friends ethan blum who was, uh, he played trumpet in the marching band. He, He and I had been friends since like elementary school. He got super involved in the choir in our high school and they had a men's choir in particular. And he went on like halfway through our sophomore year, he went on like a recruiting drive and basically like brought me and a handful of other people in to be in the men's choir. And so men's choir got me, like I was really enjoying that. And so it got me into the varsity choir my junior year when they did Oklahoma as like the musical. And it was basically like, Hey, if you're a guy and you're in the choir, you're going to be in the show. You might only be a chorus member in the show, but you're going to be in the show. Uh, and certainly, uh, sure enough, I was a chorus member in Oklahoma and I had a ton of fun doing that and ended up kind of my senior year. I was, I did a little bit, I was in band, I was in orchestra, I was in choir, I was in a couple of the shows in theater, and I even, like, cameoed in a dance concert. So I was in every one of our performing arts um, (laughs) that year. Um, In dance in particular, all the senior girls were basically tasked with bringing a guy out for the big It's Raining Men number. Um, So. Couple of the girls in the uh, in in dance um, were like friends of mine from like the honors classes and and stuff like that, and so they were like, "Trevor, Trevor would totally be cool with this," because like other people were getting like they were asking like the football players and the basketball players or whatever, and they were like, "I don't want to do that. That's that mm-hmm. seems dumb." Uh, but they were like, "Trevor will totally be game for this," and and I was so so yeah, I, I took kind of all of that, went into college um, and. My while I was doing like the computer engineering, um, for my first year, I was also working as like a, a writer and kind of the tech guy for ASU's sketch comedy troupe, um, that performed every week, uh basically like their version of Saturday Night Live. They yeah. performed in the in the Memorial Union every Friday at like yeah. lunchtime. Yeah, my, kind
0: of uh, my friends in college also had their own like improv group every week, Saturday yeah. nights. Yeah, yep. it was awesome to go to.
1: Yeah. So, so that kind of kept me involved in theater stuff. Um, a few of the people in the troupe were actually in the theater program. Uh, and I, I just like felt the buzz from that. And so, yeah, my, uh, when I ultimately kind of made the the switch over to doing theater, um, it was largely driven by that. And so, yeah, I, I kind of enrolled formally in the, mm. uh, the theater program the next year and and yeah, had a, had a ton of fun there. Um, our, the the ASU theater had a student run theater um, that was called the Pris, Prism at the time where they basically had like their own small little like theater company where they got to produce, uh, they were given like a budget from the department and they got to produce, you know, three to six shows a year. Um, and so because of what I wanted to do, I ended up running that theater department or that theater oh, program nice. for okay. a year and it basically was the producing director for uh, for it for a year and a half or two years mm-hmm. um kind of getting to pick these are the shows we're going to do this season um here's i'm going to manage all the budgets and it was like we i almost say like the shows were working on like a 300 hundred dollar budget for everything for light mm-hmm. sound the set all that stuff and it was basically like we we begged and borrowed and stole from the the main stage whenever we could um uh, but yeah, it was, it was a great like learning experience for what I wanted to do at the mm-hmm. time. Um, and a lot of that kind of has, has like continued on. I, I like, I'll, it'll be amazing when I'll, I'll do something and I'll be like, oh, this is just like when I w- was dumpster diving for, you know, um, spare wood in, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in 2007 in that, uh, that theater program kind of thing. So yeah.
0: Nice. Uh, what is it like being on stage performing in front of. A, a crowd
1: uh, I mean i I it, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing to think about because mm-hmm. um, uh, I always like you mentioned you had a friend doing improv yeah I was never really on the improv side of things I mm-hmm. got I was invited um to be part of the improv troupe at, at ASU but I was like that's that's a little out of my comfort zone i I would much rather have a script that I'm working off of because um in in theater it's okay I like I'm I'm reading these lines I I like I've reviewed these lines I've rehearsed these lines over and over and over again. Going back to, to high school, I was in a production of Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, and I remember there was a moment one night in midsummer night's dream where somebody forgot to bring out the prop that i was supposed to read from like i was i was playing the duke and Mm -hmm. at the near the end of the play i'm supposed to read like here's all the events that are going to be happening and i I basically had like four things i was supposed to read and the guy who was supposed to my, my assistant forgot the prop couldn't find the prop left it off stage and in that moment i had to like improvise a line or two of shakespeare to basically say like uh, ah, yes, forsooth. I, I recall what you told me earlier or something like that. And so I basically like said my line just as if I was reading it. But instead I was like, it, I, I basically had to turn the context into, I already know what events are planned mm-hmm. for this evening. So I'm now presenting it to the audience. Um, and like that thing happened. And like the next day I was sitting in the shower and thinking of like all the other things that have, could, could have gone wrong and start doing all these like crazy what if, what if this, happen what if this happened yeah. and so i start like going crazy thinking about that kind of stuff and so like i i can like manage in that setting and mm-hmm. and in that like improv setting and i've gotten certainly much more comfortable about doing it over the years like i can i can go and and you know completely wing a presentation at work because of that kind of background sure. or yeah. or at at pax east you know i get I get to be at my first pax east panel um, oh, yeah. this year with uh with the team over at irrational passions and like Some of them are a little more stressed out about it or some people on the panel are a little more stressed out. about, And I'm just like, I like I've been doing panels for, you know, other work functions. Um, Like when I was at when I worked for Phoenix Theater, I would go to like conferences and be like, here's what we're doing on our ticket sales. And I would, you know, inject humor and and just try and be like presentable and and charming Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, And kind of use that like I've been on stage, I can talk in front of an audience. It doesn't bother me all that much um, because I don't really just I just don't focus on, you know, the the few hundred people that are in in the audience in front of me or something like that, um, because I've already got another job to do. I got to focus on my scene partner or Mm -hmm, whatever the case mm -hmm. may be. So. um, So, yeah, like being on stage has never really bothered me. The thing that kind of ended up pulling me more away from doing theater is that I was getting to a point where I would do a show. The last show I ever did was uh, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. And I got to play McMurphy, which is the Jack Nicholson role from the, the movie. So it's the, the main role, of the lead of the show. Mm-hmm. And we did it. It was an eight-week run. So we had, like, four or five weeks of rehearsals. And then we were performing every weekend for eight weeks. And so that was three months with, like, the same people seeing the same people kind of week in, week out. And um, I, I very much became, like, good friends with a lot of those people as I did in a lot of the shows I worked on. And the problem would be that like when the show's done, everybody goes off and works and finds the next kind of show. And then suddenly all those friendships are just kind of like put on hold or they're just Mm -hmm. like done. And it's, you, you hear the idea of like showmances, you know, a couple getting together during a show and then the show ends and they're done. And it was very much that same kind of thing. So I, I was It was taking a mental toll on me that I was putting in so much like emotional investment into these friendships and these relationships with these people that then, you know, as soon as the show's done, forget about me and and go on to the next Mm -hmm. thing. And so I got I got like worn out from that. Like it it took an emotional toll Mm -hmm. that and just kind of the, the theater scene in 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 phoenix um as i'm sure in many places like we would go to the you know the bars on saturday night or something like that and hang out and talk about each other's shows and stuff and there'd just be a ton of like crap talking other people behind their backs and stuff and i was just like this is i'm i was what 20 27 28 at the time or something Mm -hmm. like that and i was just like i'm i'm ready to not be like this is not high school i'm ready to not be in this anymore and that's like talking to friends who are in their 40s and 50s that have been doing theater and doing this kind of stuff for years and years i was like i don't I don't think I want to go down that rabbit hole or that down that path. So mm-hmm. so when kind of funny started and, and I started getting more involved in in video games and kind of the like Twitter community around kind of funny, um, it just kind of made a, a natural like jumping off point where, yeah, I'm not going to see these people on a regular basis like I would if I just went down to town uh, to the bar downtown or something like that. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I can still engage with these people on a regular basis, you know, through a tweet or a DM or something like that. And then we'll have like the big kind of, kind of funny lives or stuff like PAX where or PSX, where, um, I will get to see all of my friends, you know, and we'll get to really hang out and really be cool and everything for like a few, uh, a few days and then kind of go back to our regular lives, but still have that connection, that building block to work yeah. off of.
0: That's awesome. Uh, now, before we move on and, and switch up topics here, uh, two questions. One, yep. favorite play musical ever, and then uh, fav- yeah, favorite the one that you've been a part of.
1: Ah, okay. Um, favorite musical ever? Um, uh, I did for as one of our like top ten uh, best of the decade lists for that nerdy site. I did my best of the decade musicals because. Um, it was like we were doing like video game stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff, but I was like, musicals are part of, you know, uh, especially like it was it was re- weird looking back on that and realizing that it's been five years since I've really done anything um, uh, in like actively uh, in theater. Uh, but I still see a ton of stuff, and it's v- still very much a part of like the the art I consume. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my my favorite is Hamilton, um, which is, I don't think is a is a surprise. Um, to, I am mean, very excited
0: it, to finally see it when it comes to theaters. Yeah, I, when, I, when it comes to theaters will, in twenty twenty one, I will never be able to afford a ticket. So like, yeah. that will probably be the only way I'll be able to see it, and it's with the original cast. Like, I'm very yeah. very very excited.
1: Yeah, no, that's that, and it's it's great. I love um, like I I. I think I said this when, um, when somebody was posting about it, like right before it got announced, um, uh, Lin-Manuel had talked in an interview about how it had been recorded with the whole cast and everything. And I'd seen that. And I was like, oh, well that's like a common thing on Broadway where they do that before the cast starts like going away for like archival purposes and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so, uh, it didn't surprise me, but yeah, I, I love that they're, they're putting that out there for everybody. I've gone and seen a handful of shows that I wouldn't have seen otherwise, um, Uh, because like local movie theaters will you know do a one night only kind of like screening of them like so that was how i first saw newsies um as well as kinky boots Mm -hmm. um and so, yeah, I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing the Hamilton, especially because I may or may not have, like, a bootleg version of Hamilton with the original cast. <laughs> nice. But it was, it, it you know, allegedly, if I had such a thing, it was probably <laughs> taken with, like, very shoddy quality, and mm-hmm. they probably had to, like, hide the camera from ushers at certain points yeah, yeah, in the yeah. show. So you don't get, like, the best uh, experience mm-hmm. that I'm sure mm-hmm. this will be. Um, so I'm very looking forward to that as well. And, and um, a couple years ago... Uh, I I even considered like I think I think it was in San Francisco when we were all out there for kinda of funny live three. I think it was playing in San Francisco at the mm-hmm. time. And I even looked at like it was either uh for that or for prom. One of those two. I was like, do I wanna do I wanna like peel away from all the kind of funny community stuff and just go and see like a matinee of Hamilton while I'm there? And I was looking, I was like, five hundred dollars for a ticket? No, I do not. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. and then the the year later it came through um, our big like touring house here, ASU Gamage, um, as just part of the season. Like I was totally expecting that it would be like, hey, if you're a subscriber, you're gonna get like first crack at tickets. But it was, if you subscribe to our season, you're gonna get Hamilton as well as like seven other shows. And I Ended up getting, so I ended up paying like four hundred and eighty dollars for a subscription series, um, which included Hamilton and yeah, seven or eight other shows that That's I got awesome. to go see that year. Um, and then I did uh, because I was a uh, super well, I got tickets for my sister and my brother-in-law to go see it um so i ended up paying a crap ton for that and then i Mm -hmm. bought single tickets to go see it a second time myself um so i still ended up paying a butt ton of money for it but um (laughs) but for one of those tickets for one of those times i got to see it for like eighty dollars and that was great um but yeah it's 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 a great show i love Um, and I came to it late. I came to it after, because I I came to it after I'd already kind of walked away from doing theater, but like my friends that still worked at Phoenix theater were just going like, oh my God, it's so great. It's amazing. You have to listen to it. I'd loved in the Heights, which was Lin-Manuel Miranda's first, um, film. And it was almost one of the things I was going to bring to the table for this, um, for this podcast, um, Mm -hmm. because the movie's coming out. Um, and there's a song in it in particular, um, about, uh, kind of a character mourning a, a grandmother figure uh, in that, and and um, my m- my grandmother passed away last week, and it's a song that um, has been like playing in my head a lot recently. So, uh, but yeah, like Lin Manuel Miranda, I, I I loved in the Heights um, and just his his voice, and so I was very excited when I finally sat down and listened to Hamilton, like listened to it all the way through, and then like listened to it all the way through another ten times that weekend or something mm-hmm. like that, and. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's a great show. So, um, that is, that is my favorite show that I have, uh, have seen, but not been a part of, I would love to be a part of it. I would love to like play King George in that. I, like I would come out of like acting retirement or whatever <laughs> yeah. to, to be King George in that. Cause, um, cause I, I wouldn't for the, for the sake of like the diversity of that show, which is one of its most beautiful factors, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be anybody else in that show. Yeah. Um, it is such a great show, um, and a showcase for talent, um, of, you know, you're not your typical just white guy voices kind of thing so Mm -hmm. um favorite show that i've been a part of um i'm gonna go like i've gotten i've gotten to play some really cool roles like i said i got to play mcmurphy that was awesome i got to play romeo and romeo and Juliet. um but the the show i'm gonna go with is a show that i worked backstage on um i would have loved to have been like in it but uh but i was not cast but i worked backstage on it it's a play called columbinus and it is um it is a play that the first act of the play looks at like kind of the the stereotypical like high school archetypes i mean it kind of puts a whole bunch of like it puts the jock and the cheerleader and you know the 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 super religious girl and the freak and the rebel. And, and it like, it kind of puts those characters and it has a series of scenes of those characters together. And then um, throughout the, the first act, a couple of those characters kind of start morphing into what would be the Columbine shooters. And the second act is very much like, here's a, a, a docudrama about the Columbine shooting. Um, it kind of pulls it directly pulls like nine one one audio from the from the event. Um, it it kind of pulls in like um, uh, uh, actor inter- or not actor interviews um, interviews mm-hmm. from like the people who were involved and and like the survivors and all that kind of stuff. And it was we did it. I think we were doing it on the tenth anniversary of like we were doing it around the tenth anniversary of the Columbine shootings, which I remember being like I remember uh it happening the Columbine shootings I remember happening um uh would have been 2000 or uh, 1999 um I remember like it happening the same day I was taking like English um placement exams for high school um mm-hmm. so I was like nearing my the end of my middle school um uh run uh nearing the end of eighth grade getting ready yeah, for high I school I think I was
0: walking just, into I think social studies in, like 7th seventh- grade ish around mm-hmm. that time yeah i remember that very vividly
1: yeah and so so that was and and you know uh, it was you know it's 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 weird to think about now given the the you know environment that we we yeah. currently live in but like it was a groundbreaking like shooting it was it was a it was the biggest mass shooting we'd had kind of mm-hmm. to that point um and and the show itself was incredibly well written, incredibly well done. Um, I had a ton of friends in that cast, um, and then just working on that show with the other people in that cast, um, uh, like we became a very like tight knit group, um, and and the bond there was very strong. And just kind of doing it um, at that time, one of our uh, our scenic designer for that show was from uh, littleton colorado so like he had just gone off to college i think um mm-hmm. so he knew like families that were affected oh, yeah. and it was called like he, he he basically came in and talked to us about how he remembered calling like family and friends to see like if if everybody he knew was okay mm-hmm. um from his like first year at college kind of thing um and so yeah that was just a very profoundly powerful experience yeah. um an incredible show to boot um uh if 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 it's done near you i would certainly recommend anybody kind of go check it out it's it's a couple hours it's a straight play so it's not not like a musical or anything like that and it's it's a very heavy show and and very intense but i was just um, gonna
0: ask you how do you deal with that heaviness
1: i mean uh there there was certainly like lots of going out and drinking with the cast afterwards Mm -hmm. and kind of like unwinding um uh and it was it was there was a lot of like just trying to remember like outside of the the scope of the show that um, we're trying to tell this story and honor these characters and 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 the events that happened, mm-hmm. um, and we can't let ourselves get super weighed down by um, you know the the, tra- the the real life tragedy of, of what had yeah. happened. There was nothing we could do that it, that could have changed that, mm-hmm. but hopefully by shining a light on it, you know we're we're kind of giving people some sense of catharsis around that event mm-hmm. um and 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 celebrating that we were honoring um the 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 last moment of the show was a very beautiful image where um it was a very stark set um but there was a chalkboard on the on the stage mm-hmm. that they, they they would use kind of throughout the show um, or reference or whatever and the the last moment last image of the show was each of the eight actors kind of coming out and writing down the names of the victims oh, um on man. the chalkboard and then like there wasn't a bow there wasn't a curtain call they just mm-hmm. kind of wrote those names like looked at the audience and the yeah. lights went down kind of thing and i'm getting like so I
0: just hearing you describe that because it just see it he, hearing it is so powerful like i can't imagine yeah. being there and, and watching it yeah
1: yeah it so so it was it was we were, we were honoring those people and, and that story. Um, and, and that helped, um, kind of alleviate some of the really heaviness of the show. Um, but then it was like, we were, I mean, it was because, because of you're all, you know, college age actors or, or people like everybody involved was college age, Mm -hmm. um, and and playing, you know, high school characters and stuff like that. So it was, you know, after a rehearsal or after a, a long night or something like that, we were going down to the bar and hanging out and just kind of unwinding and, and you know, sharing each other's lives and talking about the nice things, the good mm-hmm. things, uh, instead of focusing on like, like leaving it at, leaving it on stage, leaving the the heaviness really on stage was certainly one of the things they tried to enforce there at that company. Yeah. Nice.
0: So, um, yeah. No, I usually uh, get into like, you know, where your Twitter handle is from. But you recently changed it. It is is now just your name, Trevor J. Starkey. Um, yeah. But I, I do want to ask you what uh, what prompted the change from the old one, which was Snarky Starkey.
1: Yeah. So Snarky Starkey started out as so. The, I remember specifically signing up for Twitter um, because a show that was going on at ASU. I think it was after I'd already graduated from the theater program, but I think I was back there for, for business school and stuff. Um, but I was actually working on a play. I was doing a production of, um, uh, uh streetcar named desire at the time. Um, so we had a show, but I saw like, we had shows like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I happened to see this ASU show on Thursday night. And the the head of asu's theater program at the time was very involved in like technological advances and stuff so he so for that show they had created like um uh basically a plug-in um that if you tweeted with a certain hashtag or something like mm-hmm. that or if you tweeted if you tweeted something specific it was showing up on the walls mm. and and it would do so throughout the show gotcha. and so they were like encouraging trying to like engage with the show and interact with the show and stuff like that and so having seen the show i hated the show i thought it was terrible (laughs) so the next night to like troll the show i created a twitter account so that i could be like backstage from my show just making fun of the other show gotcha um and and so snarky starky like fit for certainly what i was trying to do Mm -hmm. and i think i'd got i think i'd picked up that nickname from uh um from some some friends somewhere um just kind of you know alliteration and it rhymes and all that stuff like people would call me snarkin, so it it stuck Mm -hmm. um and so it was was a nice little it was a nice nice little name to go with for for many years but then as i've grown and matured uh and especially as i want to be more involved in in like the industry and and whatnot uh, if i'm tweeting at you know random game developer or something like that i don't want the first impression they have of me, if they see that name, mm-hmm. they're going to think I'm being a smart ass or a jackass. Mm-hmm. And if I'm trying to say something sincere, I don't want that being misinterpreted um, because obviously on the internet, there is no tone. You, yeah. you do not have the tone of, of having this conversation in, in real life or something. We've like all that. had so, that
0: mistake where we tweet something out or text somebody and someone takes it the wrong way. And exactly. It goes downhill. And,
1: and so, so I was very cognizant of that for the last few years of like, I I've, been trying to make a more concerted effort to be less snarky, um, in general and, and try and really celebrate, you know, obviously as part of the kind of funny community, trying to celebrate positivity and, Mm -hmm. and, and that kind of stuff and not, um, you know, crapping on people, um, just for the sake of, you know, a quick joke or something Mm -hmm. like that. So, uh, so something that had certainly been on my mind for a while and it was, uh, I was constantly like looking and seeing if like Trevor Starkey had just ever become available and I could just like flat out rebrand with like my normal name or whatever. And it just like, it never was coming up. Like Trevor Starkey is a dead account or something mm-hmm. like that. They, they haven't tweeted in like 10 years or something like that, but whatever. Um, so, so ultimately I was just like, all right, what can I, I don't want to do underscores because of that running joke. Yeah. Um, and so I finally was just like, well, my middle name's James, so I could just rebrand as Trevor J. Starkey. Mm-hmm. Um and and i like seek that out and sure enough it was available on pretty much everything so so yeah i kind of uh i I think i think it might have also been yeah no i think i made that decision before that nerdy site was going to be a thing um uh, but it certainly kind of helps that um i I was able to rebrand that away Mm -hmm. as well um so that it's not like snarky starky trying to create that nerdy site or something like that it could be just a more professional um Uh, uh, voice for myself.
0: Nice. I almost said nacho. I don't know why. (laughs) Um, And and the other thing I want to ask you, because when I first heard of you, obviously Trevor Trove and stuff, it was Snarky Starky. But the other thing Mm -hmm. that was combined with that, and I see it on top of your head right now, are those iconic Trevor sunglasses, (laughs) the 8-bit. So I want to know, like, where did those come from? Because you have so many different colors. When we were at Disneyland, I think you picked up, like, three different uh, colors at PSX that you Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, So they started, like, I first got them as a, they were a loot crate, um, like, a a pack-in, I think my first or second month when I Mm -hmm. got loot crate, when I was doing that. Um, it was just kind of like, here's loot crate. Uh, the, the theme I think for the month was retro or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like pixel glasses. And at the time I had, um, my, it was during my much longer hair phase. Um, and so I just, I never, I don't like, despite growing up in Phoenix and, and in Arizona, I don't really use wear sunglasses mm-hmm. as a normal thing, but, um, they served to like keep my hair out of my face. And so, Uh, so i kind of was using them for that i i was wearing them when i went on did the kind of funny games cast um to again keep my hair out of my face so you know my hair's not especially in that orientation where i was like sitting um basically in in profile Mm -hmm. from the camera i wanted people to be able to see my face so uh it made sense to kind of keep them up there and then yeah they just kind of like stuck and i want to say at psx that year in 2015 is when i kind of like unveiled the like this is what trevor or this is what snarky starkey looks like when he covers events yeah um and it was i think that was when i started doing when
0: trevor's an uh, outing it's it's your brand yeah (laughs) yeah
1: and so that's when i started doing um the like the the nerdy shirt with a suit jacket um you know sports coat kind of thing and like nice nice jeans or or blue like or nice pants or blue jeans Mm -hmm. or something like that and the pixel glasses and i uh, so uh, for the longest time i only had the the um uh, the, the orange loot crate ones. And then uh, eventually I started seeing them uh, like when I went to PAX South, I think I picked up a couple there, like one of the merch booths or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, they had like a silver one and a, like a, a blue metallic one. I was like, oh, cool more. I can, I can like have more in my rotation. Um, and I would see them at random things. Like I, I remember I picked up a pair or two at the, I think it's now like the pop culture museum in Seattle um it before it was like the like eh, it might have been pop culture museum then too Mm -hmm. but it was like it's like music and video games and stuff like that um they had a couple at the their booth and then yeah at at disneyland in one of the you know the sunglass hut things in downtown disney they had um they had a pair uh or they had a few different colors and so i just started picking them up as kind of like this is like this can be kind of a uniform look for me um and and it's certainly you know now what what people uh, associate with me uh just because i kind of always kept them Mm -hmm. on um as as kind of like my my identity and like at the uh i mean the the most recent shipment i got is basically like you can buy a 10 pack of them or something from amazon for like five bucks or 12 bucks or something like that so they're like super cheap if you want to get the super cheap ones Mm -hmm. um and yeah so i was just like oh i can i can have different colors for you know you know, so I'm not wearing the same thing every day you know I can accessorize yeah. and all that stuff. Do you so, have every so, yeah, color
0: that you can think of?
1: Um, I have a lot of colors. The problem with them being like cheap and plasticky is that a lot of times they break. Yeah. Um, especially the um the like the side of the rim here. Mm-hmm. This is where they typically break. Mm-hmm. Is like the the one of the f- uh like the I don't know if it's the shape of my head or what it is, but the uh they'll like. They're just they, they stretch too wide for what they're intended for mm-hmm. um, because I'm wearing them on top of my head instead of as sunglasses. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times like they just kind of break in one point, And so I've, I've lost a ton of like pairs over the years mm-hmm. to that. Um, I don't seek out too many different colors these days because I'm just like, eh, I, I don't need to. Like I went to PAX East last year and the Messenger had like um, had like branded yeah. messenger for their, uh, their summer vacation, mm-hmm. the um, DLC. Uh, DLC or whatever. And so I picked up, I, I grabbed those and it, it got me thinking. Uh, so one of the, the merch ideas I have for that nerdy site would be kind of, um, that nerdy site branded sunglasses. Awesome. Um, so, you know, that's something that I, I want to explore and play with down the line, but, um, uh, it's, it's kind of a future plans kind of thing. And, and so, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, certainly explore playing around with different color mm-hmm. options there um for a time i had like uh, and and i think my i think my facebook profile picture might still be this um uh i'm barely on facebook anymore <laughs> these days but um i basically had red orange yellow uh green blue and purple um so i did like a a, a rainbow of pixel glasses mm-hmm. to celebrate um you know lgbt month or something yeah. like that um uh and so i love that and and for a time i would go into work um with like my red glasses on mondays my orange on tuesdays and i basically like (laughs) color-coded the days um in part just to like remind me which one i hadn't worn Uh recently or something like that so i could kind of keep it varied um but yeah uh, these days like i want to say the the red ones i had gotten uh were like i'd gotten them at like disneyland for and they were like 35 dollars or something like they're egregiously like expensive for for really what they were and those were like the first ones to break i think oh, so really like, <laughs> <laughs> so uh but uh when i when i reached out to uh to our friend fiona um as kind of she was one of the first people that found out about that nerdy site because i was looking for like logo designs for it and i kind of pitched like i want to i want to incorporate the sunglasses somehow Um, because it was especially at that time it was still going to be largely me Um, so it was still going to be like Trevor centric so might as well lean into what people associate me with with the the nerdy glasses and uh and she kind of uh, we did a lot of back and forth kind of conversations and 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 ideas and stuff and she landed on what is our current model and and basically kind of gave me a whole bunch of different like palette swap options um uh, so we use the red ones as kind of like our our main line and then like blue is my secondary and that's just because i think those are a couple of really strong colors Mm -hmm. Um, but then i have like a ton of other options that she'd given us Um, And now that I'm learning Photoshop myself a little bit better, I can go in and and certainly uh, change the hue on uh, on those uh, as well uh, as as we kind of continue to expand and Mm -hmm. and think about different ideas for it. So so, yeah, that's that's kind of how the the origin of the the pixel glasses started was uh, it started all started from Loot Crate (laughs) um, and then just kind of ballooned out from there.
0: I don't even know if Loot Crate is a thing anymore.
1: That uh, they because I stopped so getting because
0: I, I thought the value was going downhill very quickly. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, me too. I I had gotten the like I'd stopped doing the the regular loot crate a while ago, but like I would do some of the the specialty ones, like I did the Fallout crate, mm-hmm. and they like the Fallout crate was like every other month for a year, so it was like a six crate limited edition kind of thing, um, and every single crate in that series was like delayed or something. They they ran into so many issues, so yeah, they. And I had a friend that worked for Loot Crate, a guy I went to college with. He was kind of there like, he he would do like a lot of their social videos and stuff like that. He was kind of, I think like they're basically their community manager host or something like that. And I saw like, uh, I remember seeing on Facebook him basically announcing that, you know, his time with Loot Crate Crate was over. And then like a day or two later, seeing like Loot Crate files for bankruptcy or all Mm. that stuff. And like, oh, bummer, that sucks. But I'd long long stopped kind of uh, supporting them myself because yeah, I, I thought the quality had kind of fallen off yeah. a cliff there was a time where um,
0: everybody had a box and it, it yeah. was like insane and, and
1: and it was on every podcast <laughs> yes. every podcast yep. had a promo code um <laughs> like there was arcade yeah, block
0: there was loot crate there was yeah even like marvel and dc had their funko ones which yep. i think are yep. still a thing but not in the same format i think
1: yeah and yeah. yeah, i think i think the the model has shifted around a little bit but so all of that happened and then i started getting like emails from loot crate again like a month or two later. Um, and they started going hard and trying to like market stuff I'm like are you so is this really still a thing mm-hmm. I've never like I haven't looked into it anymore yeah. but it wouldn't surprise me if like they they filed for bankruptcy and then are like restructuring or something trying to just do it leaner and meaner for or sure, something yeah. like that so but yeah uh, they it so yeah Lo- Loot crate helped give me my brand There um in that in that original and i've had friends over the years that were loot crate subscribers at that time like um nikki pettit uh gave me like her pair of those glasses i also think i had one it's like somewhere around here yeah when my originals had broke she gave me she gave me her pair uh joe ruffler who uh does a lot of uh streaming now um i remember early like year two or three in the community he he was like oh i yeah i have those and he gave me a pair so so i have like a couple more pairs of those original loot crate branded mm-hmm. orange uh, pixel glasses um that just friends have given me over the years because it was so so much of my brand
0: yeah does it feel weird saying that I can see a little a, bit. I can see yeah. a little bit of cringe when you said that.
1: Yeah, and it's like it was. It was definitely a conscious choice to make it my mm-hmm. brand. So, like, I only have myself to blame for that. Oh yeah. Um, At least you have the, a, like the,
0: an easy one to upkeep. Like my brand is a color yeah. beard. Like I have to go through yeah, a whole yeah. process now. Yeah, that
1: is that is very true. Yeah, <laughs> definitely pick some. But as it is um, these days. Um, so my, my vision in my right eye is starting to, to go a little bit. And so I'm going to need glasses or contact lenses or something before too much longer. And I've started thinking like, how much is it going to cost me if I want to get like proper glasses, glasses yeah. that have pixel frames? Uh-huh. Um, cause like, I imagine like, I'm, I'm not going to find it, you know, <laughs> on the shelf. There's not going to, nobody's going to sure. have that. Yeah. But if I really wanted to like lean full into it, and, and, you know, start showing up at events with actual lens glasses uh, <laughs> uh, using the pixel frames, how much is that going to set me back? And and is it worth it? Or should I just be like, screw it, I'm just going to wear normal glasses and contacts or something like that?
0: Yeah. Well, get contacts to make your, your pupils, like, pixelated.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. For, for the people who are staring that closely at <laughs> exactly, my yeah. eyes. Yeah. Uh, or, or selfie Sundays or whatever.
0: There you go. Uh, so now... Uh, it, it's time on the show where my guest brings one thing that they want people to watch, listen to read or play. Um, so Trevor, what do you have for the people out there?
1: So I have for the people out there, um, like I said, there, there were a couple ideas that, that floated through my head when you, you kind of brought this to me um, in the Heights was one of them because everybody should go see that movie when it comes out in a few months. Cause it's, it's a great show and it's going to be great. Um, but the, what I ended up landing on um, because of, uh, like I said, my love of the idea that you have, have been doing this show mm-hmm. and kind of it it, ber- it was birthed out of the, the community and the kind of funny community. Um, I'm talking about uh, Ready Player One, the movie. I've never read the book, and I fully admit that the movie has a lot of problems and a yeah. lot of flaws. Uh-huh. But I remember, like, sitting in probably the Alamo Draft House here in town um, after seeing Ready Player One and just, like, crying Um, tears of like joy and and happiness because it reminded me so much of the last few years that i had felt as part of the kind of funny community um like it at at the heart of its story is these like online friends that have been doing this thing together online coming together in real life to overcome Mm -hmm. you know challenges or obstacles and and as as somebody who um you know goes to kind of funny events and walks away with a new dozen friends at pr- from pretty much every event be it a PAX or a PlayStation experience or a kind of funny live um every time I go I meet new people and and you know that's new people that are now in my sphere and I'm now seeing them on Twitter and I can I can put names to faces mm-hmm. and stuff um seeing that was like emotionally overwhelming with seeing how Um, ready player one played out and was presented because like that was my gaming experience for the last few years even though i don't typically play video games with people online it was just like talking with friends online Mm -hmm. about video games and stuff like that and doing podcasts like this and just kind of having these these connections where you know we we've we know each other so well through our shared interests and our shared tastes. And then we get to hang out, you know, not, not frequently, Mm -hmm. um, uh, unless you're fortunate and and have, you know, great kind of local communities that you can kind of band together with. Um, but, uh, seeing that kind of play out, um, in addition to like all the nerdy things I love about what's in that movie, video games and all the pop culture references and all that stuff. But really at the heart of it, that movie feels so much like my kind of funny experience has been, that um, that that seemed like the the appropriate choice to bring to the table for for this uh, this conversation.
0: That's awesome because I that is a lens I've never seen that movie in, and I can totally see it now that you brought it up. Because yeah. as somebody who loves the book, and I was a little hesitant because mm-hmm. like you, like I know it's not the greatest of of storytelling yeah. and words word smithing, um, but I love the pop culture references. I love that like it is what I think a Video game, pop culture, Goonies would be right. It, it, yeah. It's like the children's adventure story of.
1: Uh, it's Goonies. It's Willy yeah, Wonka.
0: It, it's the wonder of it all, right? And yeah. and I love how you you said how like yeah, that is totally how I feel when I go see people that I don't see very often, just knowing online, like running into people for the first time that I know I've talked to them on the internet, but seeing them first, like in in person for the first time, is humbling it's lovely it's just it's it's exciting so yeah i that's um i'm blanking on the character's name the main character is uh parzival parzival and yeah. um when he met A H A H h h yeah i always confused how to say that name um for the first time and was just like how it wasn't the person that he thought envisioned it but like mm-hmm. the bond was still there yeah. and, and i yeah. love that part of that movie
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's great. And, uh, and in addition to all that, like, so the, the pop cultures and that kind of stuff is what got me into the movie Mm -hmm. and the, like the, the feeling that I walked away from of like this being, this being a perfect manifestation of my kind of funny experience is what got me to come back and see it like two or three more times in theaters. Um, and, and I have it in my collection I'll, I'll still pull it out every now and then just kind of be when I'm, when I'm, you know, in a, in the mood for, you know, a nice little pick-me-up yeah. kind of movie. Um, and uh, outside of all of that, I love... So there, So there some of the smaller things that I love about that movie in terms of, like, Easter eggs, um, one of the ones that I remember catching, like, the first time I saw it, maybe first or second time I saw it, but it wasn't in any of those, like, 100 Easter eggs you you yeah. missed in, mm-hmm. in whatever, um, is in H's garage, um, there's, like, a stack of magazines or something like that, and on the top is um, the very first uh, Nintendo Power. Um, nice. It's like a, so, so with, with um, Luigi, Mm. I think, yeah, I think Luigi and Super Mario Brothers 2, I believe is what they were, uh, was was the cover story of that. And I remember seeing that uh, like blink and you'll miss it kind of thing and being like, I remember owning that. I remember having that Nintendo Power. It's probably still in a box somewhere at my parents' house. And then on the flip side of that, um, as uh, like one of the things I remember, like I remember looking at it and being like, some of these characters look familiar. Some of these avatars look familiar, but like not from, you know, the more popular things. And it was realizing that they they you know signed on with Gearbox to include, like, Borderlands references and stuff in there. And there's also a ton of Battleborn characters in oh, it, Ready Player there? One. Okay. And there are, and nobody noticed them. <laughs> like, again, in all of those, like, 100 cameos or whatever, like, none of them ever mentioned wow. Battleborn things. But, like, yeah, the, the fungus guy from Battleborn is totally in there because that was definitely, like, a blink-and-you'll-miss-it kind of game. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, well, they needed to fill out like the the crowd scenes yeah. with characters. So yeah, there's a handful of Battleborn uh, characters in there that like I've never seen anybody like talk about or reference. But they're <laughs> in there. And I even like looked at like who the Battleborn characters were to be like, Yep, I remember seeing that guy. I remember seeing that guy. Yep. Yeah. They're in there. So so yeah, there's there's like even even dumb little things like that um, I, I love mm-hmm. going in there and and seeing those little nods to like nobody's gonna be in in the real world nobody would be playing as a battleborn character or if they are they clearly have no money because they could only afford a Battleborn <laughs> avatar or something yeah
0: and that so yeah I, I, that is something like even before the movie came out like production wise like when it was in production and after <clears> have <throat> read the book and listened to the audiobook of it um, just wondering how are they gonna fit and get all the rights to all these characters and put this in yeah. this movie. And like, part of me <laughs> after watching the movie, I was a little disappointed <clears throat> mm-hmm. because of the lack of some of my favorite moments of the books. Didn't really trans- yeah. well, translate well to the movie. But then afterwards like, you're, it's impossible to get that vision yeah of what that as it is was. like they
1: got they got a ton of stuff in there because it was spielberg working on it and directing Absolutely, it yeah. um so he was able to like call in all those favors so you probably got the best version of mm-hmm. that game that you ever would have gotten uh, or that movie that you ever would have gotten um but yeah it, it uh, and i and i get that and, and going into it having not read the books um like i i certainly didn't have that kind of like baggage in there yeah. um but then reading about it after the fact and reading how they had to you know adapt some of the challenges and, and all that kind of stuff um i like i like the choices they made like i i really like the the action of that first race sequence oh yeah um, that's awesome i, re- I really it. and despite having never seen the shining i love the whole second challenge Same. because I've never seen the movie, but I know the movie well enough. I know the iconic imagery mm-hmm. well enough of that movie to see what they did with it that just made it really cool. And really, uh, I thought it was a really innovative approach to um, to how to translate mm-hmm. something like, because yeah, you, you're you never going to be able to do like, all right, and then they do a complete quote along to Back to the Future or yes. whatever. <laughs> like that's never going to translate for the film. Yeah. Um, so uh, the I, I thought it was a, an interesting way to kind of, Still capture like the essence of those challenges and and uh, and show them in a more yeah. visually interesting
0: way. It's been it's been a couple of years since I've seen it, but is one of the challenges in the movie of them actually having to word word by word quote a whole movie?
1: No, yeah, they okay. don't they don't do that. They don't do any I, of those because that was like one the closest of the things they in get. The book,
0: I think it was exactly wasn't. I don't think it was Back to the Future in the books. I think it was a different movie. Um, oh, okay. But they had, yeah, you had to take the role of the character and this and, and play out the whole movie. It's like, whoa that's intense yeah
1: yeah and that's and and i uh, so i i like i said i've read synopses of the book or i've read like the here's what the movie changed from the book and so i would seen i thought there were actually a couple of those because also in the book right it's there's like a challenge to get the key and then the key unlocks another challenge yes. so even that's like a bigger like so there's really like six yep. challenges mm-hmm. or whatever um uh compared to the the three in the movie yeah um, so, uh, so I, as I understood, I thought there were like two of those, like quote along kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that, yeah. like, like I said, I, I've not actually watched or read the book. It's, I, it, I have the book because of, again, loot crate. So I have it somewhere. Oh, that's right. That uh, was I think it might have even, for one of those. I, I yeah. think it might have even been in that same crate, um, with the, the pixel glasses because I think retro <laughs> sense. was the theme yeah. that month or something like that. So, so yeah, like I've had the book for years. I just never have actually sat yeah. down and read it. Um, Um, but yeah, the, like the, the movie, uh, adaptation of it, I think is, is fun. I, it's not without its problems, Mm. but I also love Ben Mendelsohn in that movie. Absolutely, Like the, the combination of that and rogue one, I think cemented, like, I, I just like him as a bad guy or I just like him as a presence on, Mm -hmm. on screen in general. But like he was, he's just like fun being like overly bad in that movie and he's having a good time with it. Um. And so, yeah, he, like he's a fun presence. Um, I did like I went into that not having a clue Simon Pegg was in it, even though I'm sure I'd seen him in like the trailers and stuff. I just he wasn't like the marquee kind of like mm-hmm. here's who you're advertising. So seeing him like have a bigger role in it as he does, I was like, oh, it's fun. I like because I like Simon Pegg yeah. as well. Yeah. But- so, yeah. It was, it, I, like I, I like the movie. It's a lot of fun. Um, but really, it's it's the sentimentality of um how it makes me feel about mm-hmm. the kind of funny community yeah. and my experience, my own experiences in that. Uh,
0: yeah. That's a great choice. I, 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 might watch it tonight cause I haven't seen it in a while. Mm-hmm. Eddie's got to be all jazzed up to, to watch it. Um, nice. so this being a show all about the kind of funny community and we've touched on it a little bit mm-hmm. here and there throughout the whole show already. Um, but what, what were your initial steps into getting into kind of funny?
1: Getting into kind of funny. So I, um, I'd followed like podcast beyond. I remember I want to say I got brought into podcast beyond, I think episode 300. I think I'd probably like heard of it here and there. I'd Mm -hmm. see like little clip outs from IGN here and there from podcast beyond. Um, But I remember going to IGN one day and like podcast beyond 300 was being like live streamed on the homepage or something like that. And so I like tuned in and and watched and, uh, and was enthralled. And, and so I started listening to the podcast more regularly from there um and then yeah i like i said uh, psx um i went in part i got to i i um so it was a like as a podcast beyond fan at that point um they were talking a ton in those days of course about the vita and freedom wars and i had bought freedom wars from like amazon mm-hmm. and amazon screwed up and sent me two copies so i was like i i sent in a copy to ign to podcast beyond to give away um, and they decided they were gonna give it away at the PSX conference. And so um, when I went uh, when I at PSX, um, I sat down and g- was grabbing food at one point, and Greg and Colin were talking to Adam Boys because um, it was like super late in the day on one of the days. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and like they were just sitting down for lunch. I didn't want to bother them. I didn't, I'd never met any of them or anything like that. Um, but after, Uh, like I basically sat there kind of checked in on, on online stuff like that, uh, and finished eating around the same time as they did. And so I'd like kind of meekishly went up and introduced myself to Greg and said, Hey, I'm, I'm the guy that sent you guys in freedom wars. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and Greg was super Greg and kind of super boisterous and stuff. Um, and so that was my like first time really interacting with them. And it was around that time. Like I had seen, in my youtube feed stuff pop up from game over greggy show mm-hmm. um, and i might have even been subscribed uh, to him at some point just like through his ign stuff and like i, r- I distinctly remember seeing which disney like disney princes, princess princess yeah. fuck list as like the topic or whatever when they started it's doing so game over it's so weird it's been
0: you know five years at this point yeah i still can clearly picture that thumbnail for the game over yeah. greggy show topic
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> So like I remember I remember that popping up being like oh that's that's a thing I'm not going to sit and like listen to here at work yeah. or something like that. Um and it wasn't until like I think it was I think it was in that like month between PSX and them going off and and like really starting kind of funny. I think that's when I started really listening to Game Over Greggy mm-hmm. show. Like I I just hopped in and started listening to a couple episodes um and uh, I, and it was um yeah, because I started listening to episodes where they had recently rebranded as kind of funny. They had, like, moved away from the, the Game Over Greggie, uh nomenclature mm-hmm. and, and started calling themselves kind of funny. Um, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I, I totally get that. And, and, and then, yeah, like, I, I go into work um, and... Uh, Greg and Colin and Nick and Tim have all quit IGN and they're doing this thing on Patreon and I did not get any work done that day Mm -hmm. um, because I just spent like the whole day like that was the day I signed up for like a Twitch account (laughs) Um, uh, and I just started like trying to consume anything I could find about them talking about this Because they were doing like they did a ton of interviews that day as well. After they did kind of their initial announcement of this is what this is, that was when I signed up for Twitch. That was when I signed up for Patreon. Um, So like I've been supporting them day one. I definitely kind of like uh, didn't leave IGN fully. I still go there a lot, but I definitely don't go there as much as I did when they were there, um, when they were personalities there. Um, And so yeah, that that was kind of like my foray into the fold I've, I've never really done the whole like i've gone back and listened to all those early shows and stuff um but since like day one of kind of funny that they celebrate every year um i've been you know ride or die pretty much yeah. um i i don't listen to everything i don't catch everything but um uh i still like there. not a week goes by that i don't catch some mm-hmm. kind of kind of funny stuff and um and, and certainly like that became the dream for a little while of like like maybe kind of funny would be who I'd want to work yeah. with. Um, and I remember going to stuff like kind of funny live and, uh, and talking to other people like Sean Pitts in the community at the time. And, um, and like us kind of sharing that dream and like kind of funny lives where I met Joey Noel for mm-hmm. the first time. And like, we had known each other a little bit through the Facebook community. Um, but that was our first time meeting. And even there, we only met like in passing because there was so much other stuff going on yeah. that weekend. Um, but like, yeah, I, I've loved, um, the i love the content that they do but really i've loved um the the friends that i've made in the community um be it from uh the facebook group in the mm-hmm. early years and again i'm not overly active in facebook anymore but um uh but like that was certainly where i like i met yep. you kind of virtually through the facebook group um mm-hmm. uh first uh, before we ever met in person and uh, and yeah i've just i've loved going to events and and hanging out like i said i i went to that first kind of funny event uh, kind of funny live with the idea. Like I knew I was going to kind of funny live and then I was going to stay around a few days later and do the record the game cast mm-hmm. with them. Um, and, I, and basically we had timed the whole thing out to do that. Um, so I went to kind of funny live, didn't know anybody. Um, turns out when we were booking rooms, I, Alex O'Neill was almost my roommate, <laughs> um, but he ended up staying like and like a half hour outside of town or something. Cause it was cheaper for him. Um, but Cameron ended up being my roommate and we've been, you know, friends ever and since. And You didn't interact um, like really at all before that point. We'd never, we'd never met before wow. that. Like we, we both lived here in Phoenix, and that was kind of why we got paired up. Because sh- again, Sean Pitts was like organizing mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff for people. Um, uh, but yeah, it like it was, we were, we were paired up to cut down on costs a little bit for the hotel room for for the mm-hmm. weekend we were there or whatever. Um, and so yeah, I'd never met him, but um, you know, the the first day I'm there, Sean and I um, go and get a tour, like a private tour of IGN from Jared Petty. Um, and, uh, and, and throughout that weekend, I, you know, make friends at wing wings and, and every other little like mini community event we put together in the days before we were doing any of that kind of community event planning. Yeah. I was just like, we're all in town for this thing. Let's find a place and go hang out. Um, and, uh, and by like, we went, we, a bunch of us went and grabbed brunch. That was where I met Nikki for the first time. Uh, we grabbed brunch at, at some place that was definitely not prepared to handle us on a Saturday morning. Um, oh, I remember the and, Kind of
0: Funny Live 3 brunch fiasco. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yes, that one. Um, and that one supposedly knew we were yeah. coming. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, like, the brunch place for Kind of Funny Live 1, they were only, like, they were letting in, like, 10 people at a time, and there were, like, 40 of us out there just kind of, like, hanging out and catching up or, like, getting to yeah. know each other, basically, is what it really was. And so like there were like by the end by the event itself there was already like a group of us that were like 40 deep that had been going and doing a ton of stuff together and so we show up at like the the rest of the event and there's another 400 people there or something it's like where have you guys been all weekend (laughs) like what have you guys been doing why haven't you been hanging out with us and and i would continue to feel that like every kind of funny live since it's been like okay like, I know I've seen, like, 200 people at events, but then we'll go to, like, the show itself, and there's a yeah. thousand people there. I'm like, where have the rest of you been? Why haven't you been hanging out yeah. with all of us? I mean, granted, like, we definitely don't have room for everybody mm-hmm. here uh, when, when we go and do some of these things, but, um, it, it like, I've, I've loved doing that. And so, yeah, I, I walked away from that first one with, like, 40 brand new friends, and then like PSX I went to that year and you know made a handful of new friends that like either recognized me from from the community or from having been on the show or whatever or just were kind of funny yeah. fans and I was waiting in line with them to go into the you know the PS I love you meet and greet or whatever and uh and so I made friends there and then I would continue to make new friends at every PAX I've gone to and 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 I there's there's almost like i try and be like an ambassador for the community basically yeah. at those events where i'm like hey i get that it's overwhelming um you're you're coming to this thing you don't know people or you know us only through online so let like let's try and like bring you into the yeah. fold um like i remember um i think it was kind of funny live two two yeah kind of funny live two uh i remember meeting um ryan Othman, um who does a lot of stuff now with okay beast um Uh, He like he's I I see him every year on their like extra life streams and stuff because he he lives in that area. Um, I remember seeing him and him and his uh, his then girlfriend, I think now wife, um, Emily, because there were two Ryan Ryan's and Emily's. There was (laughs) Ryan Santilli and his girlfriend Mm -hmm. now fiance or wife emily and and ryan offman and uh, and emily and i remember seeing them and it was very clear like she was there to support him but he was there for the community stuff and we were like we grabbed lunch at like the uh the grilled cheese place by ign and i just kind of sat down next to him and like started chatting him up and seeing how they were doing how their how their week was going we had like a great two-hour conversation where i had like surrounded by other people i knew and had been hanging out Mm -hmm. with but like i wanted to try and say like hey you guys are sitting here Just like chilling and I don't want to impose, but if you want to, you know, make a new friend, hi, I'm a new friend. Um, Uh and so like
0: And that that is something you did for me for kind of a Funny Life 3, the first community event. Yeah. That was my first time ever going to an event. I've said that many times on the show, but I think you were one of the first people to like walk up to me and and say hi, because we've talked on uh in the Facebook group a lot. Yeah, we we talked in the
1: Facebook group. We were we we had a brief like layover shared shared time of uh as yeah. facebook admins I, well yeah that was or, or the, did, uh, no or actually i think i no, might no, have no, left. No, I, I think you might have replaced me or something like that
0: yes i think <laughs> it was one of those things yeah uh actually funny story like one of our first interactions i think it was during um you know colin leaving the facebook group was was a mess mm-hmm. that was a big big thing yeah and i think i messaged all the admins like hey you guys are doing a great job you know keep it up we love you mm-hmm. and then um Maybe a couple of months go by, and I get a message from you with, like, uh, which was meant for the other just admin almost, oh, right? Yeah, at yeah. That time. And you're like, Hey, so and so's being a real dick. I was like, Wait, uh, Trevor, this is the wrong chat.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, I remember that now, yeah,
0: but yeah, and that, that was it, one of my, yeah, it was awesome, yeah, uh, it's it one of the best first like real interactions i've ever had with somebody
1: <laughs> nice yeah there were and there, there are there are a lot of those like i and and some of them like i i feel bad sometimes because i'm like i i've i've had a lot and that like i remember talking to moises at kind of funny live too um uh moises Tavares, uh who also mm-hmm. has done a lot of ok beast stuff over the years um love and and he was like we were at we're at like one of the hotel bars or something like that. And he was just kind of standing there. I was like, Hey, man, how you doing? And we just like chatted. And he was like, That, that, he, he will, he has talked to me, uh, since about how that was like the first time anybody really like reached out to him and it opened him. It got him out of his shell for the rest of the weekend and stuff. And then, yeah. you know, further into the community. And it's like, very cool. And then I, I, I will jokingly apologize to the community for unleashing Moises on them sometimes. But, <laughs> uh, but like, it, it, it is like, I, it, it, it always, if you're going to go to those events, especially, I don't like the last thing I would want to see is you just kind of sitting in the corner afraid to go and talk to people. So I, I will try and, and kind of like yeah. I remember a couple people have have said over the years like, oh, my God, you like you're such an extrovert. Like, how are you like and I'm like, no, no, I'm an introvert. But when I go to those events, I ha- I can I can turn the extrovert like switch yeah. on yeah. and draw from like those years of, you know, being on stage and being big and boisterous and stuff that I, I can, I can do it in like short bursts to try and be engaging with people. Um, and it is like, I, I, I remember going to the first kind of funny live and telling like people at work and being like, yeah, I'm going to meet my best friends. Um, and not like saying it certainly with the, the, the tenor of a joke, but also being like, no, I'm, I mean, seriously, like I've not met these people, but like, we all have the same interests. We're all fans of the same kinds of things. And I love that when we go to these events, we get to really like embrace that compared to what I imagine is the case for most of us in our normal lives of, you know, I I don't get to talk video games or, you know, my love of movies and pop culture stuff at work or my, like it's, it's not something that really is engaging to my family or something like that. So Mm -hmm. getting to, to have those great conversations with people at events, like getting to uh, after kind of funny live uh, three, just hang out with Logan in a bar and talk about Emily is a way for, two hours while mm-hmm. people are uh, you know down the street getting wing wings from uh from like greg and jen and max landis and stuff like that like yeah. and and harley bringing pizza for everybody from epic mealtime like those are incredible like experiences that you get in this community um if, if you get to show up at these events if you are fortunate enough to, to be able to go to these events yeah. and and you know, put yourself out there a little bit because we're all there for the same reason usually. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's like, I know that if I go to any of those events uh, I can, I can go up to anybody who is kind of sitting in a corner and be like, Hey, so like, um, you know, what's, what's like, you're, you're here for kind of funny. What, like, Mm -hmm. do you play video games? Are you a fan of like movies? I can talk to you about something. We can find something shared in common, even if it like, it, it can be, Hey, you know, maybe less so these days, but it's certainly in like the, 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 peak GOG days, it can be, what's your favorite topic they've talked about on the show or something like that. Um, And, and like use that as the bridge into the conversation to kind Mm -hmm. of open them up and and talk to people. So, so yeah, I love, I love getting to do that. Um, Especially last year when there wasn't a kind of funny live event, I made a concerted effort to go to um, PAX East to see everybody like you guys on the East coast that weren't going to necessarily make it around the country for other stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I went to RTX to see kind of everybody in the middle of the country and then, and PAX West, um, for the, for the West coast people. Um, because I still wanted to certainly have those experiences and have that like connection to people and get to see people. And at PAX East last year, I remember meeting like a ton of new people that I had not met in the community. It was, it was a like, it was a shot in the arm of that that i hadn't felt in in a little while because i f- uh, i feel like maybe it had dipped a little bit where i was you mm-hmm. know i i'd i'd become set in my ways of like i i know the friends i want to hang out with i know who i want to spend time with and mm-hmm. bringing new people into the fold is time that it pulls me away from those friends yeah um, and the, it's 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 always a balancing act I've, i wrote about that at one point for uh, on trevor trove of it's always a balancing act like I I feel bad when I will go and have like a secret lunch with friends or something like that. Um, that like we don't open to a larger community event or something, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, like I want to, I want to hang out with Nikki who I officiated her wedding as part of this community kind of thing. And, and, and I don't get to see her all that much. So, Mm -hmm. um, getting to have like little, you know, those little one-on-one moments is also still precious, um, on top of getting to go and hang out with people at the bigger, broader community events where I'm going to get to meet a lot of people.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you, you were mentioned before, there's a reason why I have the Greg Miller speech from Kind of Funny Life 3 that Mike put into music song, mm-hmm. uh, music form as the music for the show. Because, like, it is, yeah, you just go up to somebody with a kind of funny shirt or we're at an event and you just talk to them about what you're into. Because sure enough, they're probably into the same thing you are. Yep. And it, it, it conversation flows very easily. And I kind of take, um, after my experience at, uh, at KFL 3, for sure. Uh, like you being an ambassador for the community like hey like you know just come on out uh i get the nerves i was hella nervous uh that first one Mm -hmm. and you know as soon as you get into it and you're you're in it like your your lives are changed for the better
1: yeah like nobody's nobody's going to these things to like create drama or give people a hard time or anything like that so it is just like hey we're all here to have fun Um, and let's, let's hang out and, and get to know each other, um, in in a, in a way that is more than 280 characters at a time because we just don't get, we don't, we do not have that luxury, um, all that much, you know, some, there are some of us that do get to do these podcasts and that kind of stuff. And, and like, that was one of my favorite things of doing podcasts was, it gave me a chance to, you know, talk with somebody for a couple hours. Um, yeah. Uh, in a in a longer form sense, as opposed to like I'm going to see you in passing it for like 15 minutes at an event or something yep. like that. Um, it's it's a great kind of, hey, like let's catch up and see what's going on, or or just getting yeah. to know people, especially as mm-hmm. as so much of you know that the the introduction might be a little bit more surface level. It might be, I like this game. You like this game. Cool. We're friends now. Yay. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting to know a little bit more about people is, is fun. So yeah, I I love, I love shows like this, especially that have kind of come out of the community Mm -hmm. um, that kind of help um, uh, kind of open those doors a little bit.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, And I wanted to ask you, since I have you on the show Mm -hmm. uh, and I was trying to think if anyone else has the same like accomplishment, but, what was it like to be in both eras of the studio? Cause you did a show in the old spare bedroom oh, and yeah. you were in the current studio. I think you're the only person from the community that can say that.
1: Uh, yeah. I might be. That's I, I had not thought about that. Yeah. Um, I mean the, the spare bedroom days, uh, like I remember basically Greg sent me an Uber and basically had me like show up at his place. Uh, and, yeah. and Kevin like, they were they were filming because that was they were doing back to back days where they would do Game Over Greggy and then they would take a break and record Gamescast. and so like at the end of the Game Over Greggy show that week like Kevin ducks under the camera to come let me in basically um, okay. to the house because they were still they were wrapping up that and I, yeah. I I walk in I say hi while they're saying like the outro or something like that and, and Greg basically says don't pet Porty he'll pee on you or something like that I was like <laughs> cool um, so yeah it was like they, I mean it was definitely like I. I as I sit here in like my studio apartment, I very much feel the, 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 um, the, the, the I, I'm, I'm reminiscent of their like um, spare yeah. bedroom days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also remember uh, one of the like the perks of being a Patreon guest at that time was uh, you'd get to go out and like grab dinner with them or something like that. Nice. And we talked after my episode, we went and uh, uh, we talked for, you know, a few hours over dinner kind of thing. And I kind of, I like, I put on my business hat and I said, like, you guys just did kind of funny live one. It was super successful. You guys have already brought Kevin on board. That's great. Here's like what I would think you guys need is your next three things. I think you need um, uh, a community person because you are so community centric. Um, I think you need like another editor that can kind of Mm -hmm. come in and take some of that off your plate. And then I think you guys need a studio. And so fast forward a year, um where they've got uh joey kind of starting to work with them i think um they end up bringing andy on and they bring on the studio uh like or they announce the studio i'm like yep they check check and check um and that so that was like cool to see that now i'm I'm super excited for kind of their their future studio as well um and then yeah getting to i remember um greg at pax west like uh maybe a month or so after they like moved into the new studio Pax West that year, um, I was talking to Greg at one of the the Pax parties, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, if you're you know if you're ever in SF, you know swing by. We'll we'll definitely show you around the new studio and stuff." Um, and I happened to be there the next month or whatever for the IGN 20th anniversary thing. I basically mm-hmm. went out and saw that. So I was like, "Hey, if that offer still stands, I'd love to come by and, and see the studio," and um and and he was like, "Yep, sure." And uh, so I got to go in and walk around, um, and that was. They probably only had like one or two other people in there at that point. Um, yeah. Uh, and so it was like uh, there was still room. Uh, they had yeah. it was it was pre LaCroix days kind of thing. Um, yeah. So they they had space everywhere. Um, and then like really going and seeing it again when I did um, uh, the the uh, kind of funny games daily um, in November um, where they've got you know Barrett's on board now and and it was it was pre-blessing but uh that was where I got tipped off that blessing was going to be joining them so that was kind of like a cool little like inside scoop yeah um uh but yeah like see like I kind of like looked around I was like like where is he gonna sit because they had run out of like desks and office space and Uh and everything they were they're crammed to the the gills in there and they very much so in the in the early days it was like they had that one space dedicated for the show um and they had (laughs) clearly outgrown that um so like they're doing business on the dinner table um uh and and steimer was still there and so like she's you know trying to do her own thing uh, mm-hmm. as well and uh, and so yeah it was like in the spare bedroom days they were already too big for the spare bedroom in, yeah. the, in the studio days they were pretty much already too big for that that mm-hmm. size studio so hopefully uh i'm I, I look forward to the the launch of their new studio and yeah. and hopefully yeah i can i can go and be on something in that and be one of the, th- the first people to have been on something <laughs> in all three studios um uh because yeah i think i uh, like i just love how they've continued to grow and i love how they've mm-hmm. continued to pull from the community for for yeah, stuff like i i, I, I want to say around the Uh, the anniversary stream or something like that i I had like a twitter thread about how like i remember meeting joey at kind of funny live one i remember um andy staying with me at psx that year because we were all like a bunch of us room together to keep costs down and i think he Mm -hmm. stayed with me at at pax south that like the in 2016 the first pax i went to um uh and so like getting to know him in the community and in those early days as well um i met barrett Barrett was too young to go to the first kind of funny live event, but he went to the wing wings event that we did as a community thing. And so he was one of the very first people I met in the kind of funny community. Cause that was like the first night I was in San Francisco for that. So, um, really getting to, to see how they've continued to pull people in from the community. Um, and, and of course, blessing, um, yeah. is, is really like they're, like they they say it all the time that like best friend really is best friend and and it like it's not just bullshit and all that stuff and and i see them i see it come out in their actions too and not even like in in the thread i kind of highlighted it's not even just those guys it is using cameron kennedy for um for all of the the review mm-hmm. intros and and you know all this stuff they've done with cory cudney um it's yeah. it's getting to see how they uh or or um uh, Aaron Porter, who's now doing a ton of stuff with rooster teeth. Um, Mm -hmm. like they, they pay it back to the community when they can. Um, and it's, it's really like heartwarming and rewarding to see. So, um, I, I hope that a new studio gives them even more opportunities to do that, even more resources to do it. Um, and also I think because of that space is so big, uh, I, I look forward to them maybe doing more collaborating with people, um, basically like, you know, maybe Danny yeah. sets that up as a, like a, a local space that he can kind of come into town and do some, some no clip yeah. interviews or something like that. Um, awesome. or what's good games if they're in San Francisco can do a, a thing from their, uh, their offices or something like that. So yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, it's very, uh, it, it's very weird that to think about the fact that I'm like one of the few people that has been on kind of funny stuff <laughs> in both so, locations. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's been really cool. And and of course, very humbling. Um, I, I I got to celebrate when I, when I did the, when I went to the new studio the first time, that was when I got to celebrate that I was like there for the IGN party and had been brought on as an IGN freelancer and was going to get to like work on my first piece, um, basically while I was there. And so that was like a cool thing that I got to share with the community. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, and then going and doing kind of funny games daily was like, that was a weird one because, um, I made, I, I basically reached out to Greg while I was at PAX West last year and I kind of told him, Hey, I'm going to be doing that nerdy site. This is a new thing I'm going to be launching in November. I would love to, and, and I'm going to, going to be in San Francisco for a week in November for a Salesforce conference, mm-hmm. but I would love to swing by and, and do kind of funny games daily if that, you know, opportunity is on the table. And he was, he definitely was like, yep, we will absolutely, you know, bring you in for that. And then in between when we set that up and, and, uh, uh, and me actually going like, the job that was sending me there basically like let me go, and so I was like mm-hmm. okay. But as part of them letting me go, they still like ev- the trip had all been paid for and everything. So the hotel and and flights and and the conference itself had basically was non-refundable. So I was like, mm-hmm. uh, so if worse had come to worse, I was still going to find a way to get to San Francisco for that Monday and do kind mm-hmm. of funny games daily. Um, but uh, the, as part of like my severance, they, they kind of upheld the, uh, the trip and everything. So I got to go out there and basically go be on the show. Um, and, and they were all, you know, super swamped and busy and, and all, all sorts of stuff. Cause that was also the week that they ended up going to London um, wow. for, for like the, the tail end of that week. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like showing up, like it's, it was interesting. Uh, I guess going back to Kenny, your question. I remember doing um, the games cast, and they were very much flying by the seat of their pants. And it was like they didn't talk about what they were going to talk about on the show. Um, and it was one of the things I would I'd always been the reason I did kind of funny games cast instead of just the kind of funny podcast or the Game Over Greggy show mm-hmm. as a as a patron was because. I didn't want to go onto that show, and then they like they bring a topic to the table that I have nothing to add, and I just end up being like a weird, you know, quiet yeah. person for mm-hmm. multiple segments or something like that. But if they're going to talk about games, I know I can talk about games. I, I've I've been a lifelong player, and 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 I know enough of like their thoughts on games that I can kind of like bounce off of them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, like we went in to that episode, and I had no idea what we were going to be talking about. And so when they start, um, when when Tim basically like intros it with he has a vita now what does he need for the vita i'm like (laughs) oh i have my vita in my bag if kev if you can go grab that for me i can pull mine out and you know and and greg can get his and we can kind of talk about the games on our vita um and so it was very much like like that whole episode is is improv and like i said at, uh, at the beginning of this episode i like improv isn't really my my strength and what i Desire to do, but I've become more comfortable with it over the years because Absolutely. of just doing theater and stuff over the years. So I can I can wing it nowadays, and I and I'll be fine for the most part. And so going into kind of funny games daily um, in the new studio was like a world apart because it was like they have a rigid structure of the show. They they know what this show is going to look like. They uh, and I just basically and. Greg is building that show before anybody else shows up. I was like the second person in the office that day. Uh, and then Kevin showed up and then I think Barrett showed up. Um, uh, and so like, and we went live and it was basically the four of us there. Um, and I had helped Greg build the doc a little bit out and said like, Hey, here's a, here's a story I saw kind of making the rounds, you know, let me bring it in or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and it was just kind of like, it's a much more well-oiled machine now. Um, I think because it has to be out of, out of necessity for how little time they have in the day to do all of the things they want to do. Um, so that's, that's certainly the biggest kind of jump that I think I've seen going from Uh, the spare bedroom days to, to what they're doing. And even now I'm sure they would still say that they're constantly feeling overwhelmed or something like that. Um, but, uh, but I think they're, I think they're doing some great stuff and, uh, and I can't wait to see what's next.
0: And since you were in the spare bedroom, mm-hmm. I have to ask because I, I don't—I don't think I've asked you this before. Um, what I imagine Kevin's area in the spare bedroom—I yeah. imagine it being so tiny, and Kevin just like hunching over, like in a very uncomfortable position. Yeah. So, am I clear? In oh, that yeah. No, vision? that is that is spot okay. on. It
1: is it is <laughs> honestly it is probably smaller than you're thinking. Oh Because yeah, like okay. it, it, it 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 like you're looking at in, in that, ca- like the camera was in the door frame, Like I, I had to basically, like, I couldn't walk in during the show really, <laughs> um, to, yeah. to say hi on, on Game Over Greggy without like potentially bumping it. Like I might've been able to shift around or something like that, sure. but it is, it is very, like there is very little wiggle room. So you, what you were looking at in those spare bedroom days is like half of the room. And yeah, Ke- Kevin is basically just off camera on the, on, on the camera left side In like the tiniest little like scrunched up corner of the room that he has. Um, Like if you if you've seen the um, their 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 tour of the current space um, Mm -hmm. back when they kind of unveiled it like they had Kevin has like his own little room nook. Like that's pretty much what he had to work with there with fewer like monitors and stuff for editing. Cause he's, he's certainly not editing the shows basically just kind of like a mixing board or something like that. Um, uh, in those days. Uh, but yeah, it it was very tiny and he's just like kind of like hunched over, um, making sure everything's running smooth.
0: (laughs) Nice. Um, before we get into, uh, the podcast topic, Mm -hmm. um, the old game game over Greggy show topic that we're going to talk about. Um, what is your favorite piece of stuff that they, they put out? I'm guessing it's game gaming related. Cause you do gravitate more towards games.
1: Yeah. These days um, it is the, uh, the kind of funny game showcase is, is my nice, favorite yeah. thing they've ever really um, done. Um, and I've reached out to them um, in particular. Um, and and you know, I don't know if, I don't know what their plans for that moving forward are, but when they were pl- like preparing before the first one, uh, Tim talked about on the show at one point, like this pie in the sky dream that he had of like, maybe that becomes like a spin-off thing where there's just a branch of kind of funny that is constantly working on showcase stuff and they're doing four yeah. years or something. Like I reached out to them, I think after seeing the first showcase and basically saying like, if you guys ever get to that, pie-in-the-sky dream that ke- that that Tim has for this, like, mm-hmm. I want to be involved. I, I would, like, if I can work remotely and help kind of be a project manager, or help just kind of, like, organize your the emails that you're getting and the, and the submissions and all that stuff, I would gladly do that, you know, going back to, like, the days where I was running a theater company. I can be kind of a production manager for that. I can't... I, I want to work on, like, my editing skills and, and stuff so that I could support in that capacity, too, but that, mm-hmm. like, I love just the the, the using that, using their platform, using their, their voice to share, you know, smaller projects for the, for their audience and give those projects, um, you know, a showcase. Um, yeah. so I, and, and oftentimes, you know, I love so much of what I've seen out of those things. So, so yeah, I, I the showcase these days is kind of the, uh, my favorite thing that they're doing mm-hmm. just because it, I, it, it aligns with so many of my interests. Like I love, I love indie stuff. Um, I certainly don't play as much as I should, but I love, talking to those indie developers I that's one of the reasons I love going to stuff like PAX, is because yeah. I get to you have you have those one-on-one conversations with people of like why did you make this choice in, in this game or why are you like why why this game why did this feel like something you needed to create and you get mm-hmm. to see that and you get the you get a bunch of eyes on it so um them doing the the original showcase and then the the e3 one um uh, last year certainly was great and then also the uh, the kind of live one that they did at pax uh, last year was a lot of fun too one of the games i'm going to see at pax east i know of because of the pax west showcase um so i'm, I'm looking forward to kind of sitting down with that developer and saying like hey you know did that how, how what was your experience like working on the the showcase and and mm-hmm. kind of did that put more eyes on your product um yeah. and 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 that kind of relationship. So, so yeah, that's, that's my favorite thing of, of theirs these days. Um, right. but I, I mean, just in general, I love like the, like I love in review because in review, I told Greg this at one point, um, feels like, uh, it, it felt like the first thing since beyond that has really felt like friends just getting around and talking about a thing they love. Yeah, um, and for that sure. was like in Reminds the early you a lot days. Of, like high school, like yeah, right exactly. after we go
0: see a movie, just yep. go to Applebee's, have price appetizers, yep. and just either shit on the movie or just talk about how great it is.
1: Yeah. So so yeah, I, I love that in terms of like their their regular content. That's probably one of my favorite things they're doing these days. Um, but yeah, like Games Daily and, and all of my favorite stuff really, I think, um, Games Daily uh, in particular does center around the fact that they are putting new voices out there so like the up-and-comer program was is a great thing i love that kind of yeah. funny is doing um and i i remember last year they were nearing the goal to do a second one i was like all right i'm gonna super up my pledge because i got that opportunity and it changed you know my life and, and yeah. other people should get that opportunity too sure. um so yeah up and comer them bringing in you know guest hosts to come and do kind of funny games dailies, awesome and then yeah the showcase is is certainly a highlight for the smaller indie devs
0: yeah I can't wait to go to PAX East in a couple of weeks and pick out the games that I do remember from the showcase. And, mm-hmm. and because that's something that that showcase does so well, is from all the other indie game montages from E3 presentations in the years past. I barely remember any of them yeah. but because of the, the showcase that kind of funny puts on, like if I see a game or I see like a trailer announcement on Twitter or something, like I will remember that because of that, because they gave it enough time with like a little description yeah. and clear name and developer on the screen. It's just, it's genius. Yeah. It's, it's and so, it's so well-made.
1: I, I know you and I uh, dueled it over Bloodroots high scores yeah, last year. That's coming out the end of this month. Yeah, do well, it they, they just during, while start we're start. at PAX. Yep.
0: Um yeah. so then we I, can duel in real
1: life. Indeed. <laughs> I I uh I did get a uh I got from Jen because uh, it's a pop agenda game, um, mm-hmm. I got the like. Hey, if you want review codes, uh, let us know. So I might like sneak one of those so I can get some practice in, so I can kick your butt. There uh, you, go. you know, have a couple weeks of uh, practice ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I, who knows? Maybe I'll also have a code. Yeah, and then I'll have practice as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm very looking forward to PAX because of all the indie stuff. Uh, yep. and I think what I'm gonna do because they just announced like all the indie Mega Booth uh, mm-hmm. games that will be there today. Um, i want to go through and and, and see how many ha- or i have actually been on a showcase and, and make sure to go and check them out yeah um awesome so like i mentioned before uh every show my guest brings an old game over greggy show topic a kind of funny podcast topic or a kfgd topic um, for us to discuss amongst ourselves so trevor what do you have for us today
1: so in honor of my lineage as a uh, kind of funny Patreon guest. I wanted to celebrate the the first kind of funny Patreon guest, the guy who beat me by a few months, Lewis Men, uh who on, I want to say it was Game Over Greggy Show 60, went and asked the guys, what would you do if you won the lottery?
0: Yeah, that's obviously the dream, right? I fantasize yeah. about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, qualifying question. Yeah. Is it like just a straight up million dollars? Is it like the mega Powerball jackpot?
1: Um, I, I will say uh, enough that you don't have to worry about sure. money. Um, sure. So uh, let's, I mean, like, not that a million dollars wouldn't do that, but let's say a hundred yeah. million dollars.
0: Okay. I mean, obviously the first thing is like credit cards paid off. Mm-hmm. Student loans paid off.
1: All that boring stuff. Got All it. the yeah.
0: boring stuff. Take care of my, my parents, my nieces, you know um honestly after all that stuff what i would do is uh because of the friendships i made in the community and and everyone doing cool stuff on patreon i would give a lot of it to them to fulfill their dreams because that's like you know that's cool they've helped me out through some dark times like i want to you know showcase that in a way that like in a way that I could, and could change yeah. their lives the way they kind of changed mine. I yeah, mean, that's no, super cheesy, but like, that's uh, definitely one of the things I it, would do. It's,
1: it's super cheesy, but I am in the same boat. Um, I mean, I've, I've been a very philanthropic person just by nature. Um, uh, most of my work, uh, in, in like my career working life has been working in the nonprofit sector. Um, uh, and I've, you know, I've, been supporting theaters and stuff for years and years and years. So when like Patreon became a thing, I was like, Oh, I can, I can throw some money towards it. It's not tax deductible, but I was never like giving enough money to be tax deductible anyway. So Mm -hmm. never bothered me. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I would continue on personally myself with like my kind of philanthropic traits being, I would create, you know, scholarships for the arts, um, but also nowadays, like, create scholarships for game development, and yeah, give a ton of money to like the people that I know that are doing cool things um, on Patreon. I want to give them a little bit of support and help them out. Yeah. So, so yeah, like a ton of a ton of like, right now I'm only in a few patrons at this point again, mm-hmm. um, but I would I would like jump in and be like, all right. Hundred bucks for you. Hundred bucks for you. Hundred bucks for you. Knock yourselves out. You guys have fun. Yeah. If not, if not more. I mean, like at a hundred million dollars, I'm being million, a dick yeah. if I'm only giving a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. But I also don't want them to, you know, grow too big too soon or something Absolutely. like that. So, yeah, uh, yeah. so so yeah. Uh, but yeah, so supporting a ton of people in the community who are making awesome and, and creating awesome things mm-hmm. um, is certainly on on my list as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, then as far as like traveling and stuff my my nieces are my world and they've never been to disney and i, I want to bring them to disney world so like mm-hmm. they can experience it. i don't know if they'll like it or not but like i just want to see them being in the magic yeah Cause like you were i was with you my first time ever at disneyland oh. uh during psx yeah and i was just walking around I was like wow the magic thing is real like mm-hmm. <laughs> seeing um uh, the Haunted Mansion ride, which was the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep. I was like, holy crap. All right. this I get it. Yeah. I get I get the magic part of it. And going down the, um, oh, my God. the water Pirates road, of the Splash, Caribbean? No, Splash Mountain. Oh,
1: Splash Mountain. Yeah.
0: Which I was terrified of, screaming like a little girl. But I was <laughs> like, I get it. I understand why it, Disneyland and Disney World is magic. So yeah. definitely bringing the whole family to there is, is top priority.
1: Yeah yeah I um, I mean travel's one of those things I don't think about all that much because mm-hmm. I like I outside of like going to events and stuff I, I'm like I, I did cruises I, I had a like a phase um, my family loves going on cruises and stuff so I did a few of those when I was growing up um, and my mom and dad still go on a ton and as they're nearing retirement they go on more and more yeah um, but I, I do think like I went to Europe for a few weeks when I graduated high school. And I would love to go back. I would I would go basically bug Amy Gills for like a prolonged stay in Ireland because mm-hmm. I, I, growing I, I was talk growing up here in Phoenix where I'm just in the middle of the desert, um, going to Ireland the first time and seeing that much green I was like I, I don't think I've seen this much green in my entire life. Yeah. Um uh so like that's one of my favorite places on the earth mm-hmm. earth I would love to go back to. Um and then yeah, like I I've never I've never been to Disney World. I've only ever mm-hmm. done Disneyland um just cuz of being on this side of the country. Yeah. So I'd love to do Disney World and kind of all those um things and then even just kind of going and seeing other the other versions of Disney cuz I love um yeah. I do love like the Disney kind of cultural touchstones mm-hmm. and stuff. So that'd be yeah. a ton of fun too um i would also buy like i would i'm i'm too much of a collector to not want to also be like all right i'm gonna go buy all the video games i can like absolutely all the all the original nintendo games i don't care if yep. they're like in the boxes or whatever but i will yeah. i would i would try and seek out and get like full out out of complete collection yeah of of you know the the games that like or the, the basically the hobby that like made me who i am today absolutely um, uh i, I have you know, i still have all of my all of my consoles save my GameCube, which I was like, well, my Wii can play GameCube games, so I don't need the actual physical GameCube anymore. Mm-hmm. But I'll go buy a GameCube again and, yeah. uh, and and get, like, all the games that I, I can um, yeah. to just kind of, like, check that box.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. A full PlayStation library from PS1 up to now is – that would be incredible to have. Yeah.
1: I mean – Uh, it'll be tough or there's a shit ton of like ps2 games out there let alone like all the digital ones and Uh everything these days but but yeah um basically like get like i I can look over here and see like my collection of nintendo cartridges and super nintendo cartridges Mm -hmm. and like they could be so much bigger
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's how i feel like i i maybe have only 20 or so physical games now just because Mm -hmm. like i need to trade in games in order to keep getting new stuff like that's just Kind of where I'm at, um, but like to be able to have like a full wall mm-hmm. of games. Like when I see people post like their their gaming libraries like on Facebook or on Twitter, I was like, man, I'm so jealous. Yeah, like that looks so cool. But like on the other side of things, I have that for movies though. I have a shit ton yeah. of movies. Yeah, uh, and so that's something else I would do is just buy almost every single movie that I'm uh, on 4K that it possible every 4K Blu-ray that's out. Yes, I'm buying it. I don't care. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to go for a complete MCU Steelbook uh, mm-hmm. collection. Okay. I'm missing the the early ones be- mm. before I started collecting, and yeah. now they're crazy expensive. Um, I mean, were they even
1: doing steelbooks back then? For some of those,
0: I believe Avengers might have been the first one. Okay. Um, and that's well, the yeah. one that yeah, that one's De- super expensive. I've looked it up. Yeah, it's, it's insane.
1: <laughs> well, definitely with hundred million, you'd be able to knock yes. those out pretty easily. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like when I think of of getting all this money, I think of small things. Yeah. Not like big th- like buying a steak in the Mets or like yeah. the New York Times <laughs> oh, yeah. or, or something like yeah. that.
1: That's, yeah, I don't even I don't even think about that stuff. Cause yeah, I it's it is the when I got my last job, um, which was the job that I had after Phoenix Theater basically, they like right out the bat they were paying me like twice as much as I had been making at Phoenix Theater. Mm-hmm. But I was still used to living on like that amount of money, yeah. So so going to something like um, PSX was kind of a treat, and and I still more or less still live on that like very minimal salary that I had, mm-hmm. um. And the rest of the money is what I use to go on all the trips and and go to the PSXs and the and PAXs and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's where that money is being spent for for me these days. So yeah. um, so it is like to if I were to, yeah, suddenly have a hundred million dollars, like, I mean, the, the rational person in me would basically say, well, I'm just going to invest 20 million because I can just live off of the interest alone from that for the yeah. rest of my life. Um, and then, you know, have some fun with it. I, like, yeah, I, 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 would, I'm sure treat like my family to a whole bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. uh, 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 and uh, like my aunt loves going to Laughlin. I'd give her like the best Laughlin trip that she could ever have. She used to love going to Vegas, but now she can't because she's too afraid to drive over the bridge from like uh, Phoenix to uh, to mm-hmm. Las Vegas because um, they when they they up uh, they added a bridge at the Hoover Dam, so now you're like you know a few hundred feet above the dam, and she just like gets paranoid about that. So I'd find a way For to sure. get her back yeah. to Vegas so uh-huh. she could like enjoy that again. Um, uh, and yeah, like uh, my sister. Um, you know, she, I know she doesn't like her job, so I, you know, I set her up so she she don't have to work Definitely. anymore. All that yeah. kind of stuff, like support the family, absolutely, mm. but but also, yeah, I would. Um, I mean, my last job was working for a community foundation, um, which is basically the like the way I would describe it is they're the middlemen between um, like your millionaires and the nonprofits. So millionaire comes and says, I have a million dollars. I want to create a scholarship fund for the arts or something like that. And we would kind of like manage the money and help facilitate the grants and the awards and stuff like that and, and run the scholarship cycles. So I would use kind of my knowledge from there and build and create like my own family foundation or something like that mm-hmm. that will Go out and use that money to support the arts, or support you know kids that want to get into coding and make video games or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of support the hobbies that I love and 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 that kind of stuff. For sure. Um, help, basically, I would I would fund take this for every event from now until um, you Definitely. know the end of days. Um, able because I think they well. do an awesome thing. Yeah, able gamers. Yeah. Um, do whatever I could to kind of support my lo- it, like spread my love of this hobby to as many people as possible
0: definitely and i and i'd be remiss without you know adding uh i think both of us will probably share the same thing like i want to be the next green shirt guy front row of wrestlemania and every pay-per-view <laughs> like i would totally just you know go to every pay-per-view front row for every big event like that would be I- dope.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I think you a little bit more than me on that one. Uh, like I, I, would, I would certainly definitely try and do WrestleManias and stuff like that. Like okay. That would be a cool like, thing to check off. I don't think I need to go to everyone. There's That's a lot fair. of storylines they do That's these fair. days that I'm just like, no, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> That's totally fair. But like WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble, I would definitely try and make sure I hit those up every year. Yeah, um,
0: especially like front row. Like that would yeah. be incredible.
1: Yeah, and with with a hundred million dollars, I'm sure I could put like a down payment on a San Francisco you know house or something like that. <laughs> you yeah, know? so I could go I could go be out there and hang out with uh, with my friends out in the uh, in kind of funny land. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I, I think it'd be I I I mean yeah, but I'm definitely not thinking like nearly as big because yeah, I, I wouldn't even thought about like oh buy a stake in a team or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in part because I don't care that much about sports, sure. but uh, but yeah, it's like oh yeah what like if if I wanted to like buy like phoenix theater or something like that and just kind of become the you know the executive director for that like it's a non-profit so i don't think i technically could but i could Uh i'm sure i could figure something out
0: (laughs) i remember there was this um sort of viral video on twitter of some girl i think there's like this website it's like spend bill gates money Mm -hmm. and you can just click everything and you could he could buy literally every team in the nfl and still have billions of dollars left over yeah like those are thinking big and yeah and we're both just like yeah every video game that ever came out like <laughs> yeah
1: all all of our friends that do patreon stuff yeah, everybody get a little bit of money everybody. and then we're
0: just like scrooge mcduck and we just have a, a room filled with like dollar bills and <laughs> yeah <it. laughs> uh yeah uh let's hope we win the lottery one day because that'd be amazing
1: yeah i um, mean like in a in a very real site, i would i would definitely put a ton of that into that nerdy site and yeah. basically like say all right everybody like my my team uh suddenly we can like actually turn this into a business and i can pay you all <laughs> so yeah definitely hey, yay <laughs> um yeah that that would certainly also get a, a big oh, old man, spotlight yeah.
0: like going not having to worry about like the world tour in new york like mm-hmm. how many people were there like having that money we could rent out a big enough space so we're not all yeah. lining the streets of new york yeah uh, waiting in line yeah that'd be that'd be awesome um yeah buy a movie theater now i'm thinking big
1: yeah like, that's i was like yeah I, I would i would probably like open up a, my own alamo draft house uh, definitely. <laughs> uh out here you know i've got just one just that's one 15 minutes house. away i would uh, yeah well yeah I, I would certainly do that i would i would i would get a big enough place that uh that would have like a dedicated video game room, like it. It would like, I've been excited about the prospect of like a three-bedroom house that I could have like a dedicated streaming office or or just like studio for mm-hmm. that nerdy site mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, like have a to, have a whole building just for um uh like have 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 a whole building for the that nerdy site stuff. Where this is the office where we're going to watch the movies. This is the this is the one where we're going to do VR stuff. This is the one where we're going to play video games. Uh yeah.
0: And then every person that walks through the doors gets a pair of their own glasses.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You just have a basket at the front. Gold plated. There you go. Yeah, we we need to start going like Entertainment 720 with this.
0: There you go. Oh, yes. That's fantastic. With those really (laughs) weird chairs.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, all right, so let's get into um, our community questions. Uh, we got two from Jason Hales, at HalesBells69 on Twitter. Um, here, let me make sure I get all the numbers correctly on this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's a question for Trevor. The equation 24 times 2 plus 25x minus 47 over ax minus 2 equals negative 8x minus 3 minus 53 over 8 ax minus two is true for all values of x not equal to two over a where a is a constant what is the value of a negative 16 negative 3 3 16 good luck
1: so if i had seen this like before <laughs> we started recording i'm enough of a math nerd that i would have tried to figure this out yeah um i, I actually like my, wrote it
0: down i was trying to figure it out i was like no i can't do it i'm too tired yeah
1: like part of it i i like i don't know the way it's written out i don't know how it would look formulaically because i don't know if there's like implicit parentheses in there that just aren't being represented here Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. uh but like also uh like uh, my my one of my claims to fame in high school was i had a perfect score in the sats in math Um, so i i was such a super math nerd i like i took calc three as my like first year of of uh uh college um and that was when i was like doing the the computer systems engineering mm-hmm. um, route so like i could have done this one once upon a time i don't know i'm gonna guess <laughs> three i'm gonna guess it's c i don't know yeah Th- thank you jason great. for the weird wa- <laughs> weird oddball question
0: <laughs> but he he sends another question in um yes. what is your top three ps4 games
1: my top three and ps4 Bloodborne games all three Uh, god no 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 (laughs) no no bloodborne for those that are unfamiliar uh i did a an extra life stream a couple years ago that was my first time playing through bloodborne all 24 hours and i donated a dollar for every time i died i think the total death count ended up being 163 um, which not bad for first time ever and Mm -hmm. 24 hours um uh and i ended up killing six bosses i think in that run but it took me like four hours to get to the cleric beast and get through him. It took me another four hours to get through Father <laughs> Gascoigne, who I just hated so so much. And ultimately, at the end, like and and the the tail end of my stream was um, someone like Tony Horvath from the Irrational Passions uh, team, kind of coming in and helping shepherd me through some of the some of the fights. Um, but Rom was where basically I called it and couldn't get past Rom. Um, but I hate Bloodborne so so much. I hate <laughs> those... have you ever like
0: finished it, gone back and finished no, no, it
1: right I i i have it and i actually have like a lot of the dark souls games because one of the one of the things i thought about doing before in the in the pre that nerdy site days um that i thought about coming back with was like oh i'm gonna try and stream and me streaming like like bloodborne types games or just pain in the ass type games mm-hmm. um would certainly get eyes on me because um, people could come and just watch me curse a lot yeah. um And it still exists now as a, as a that nerdy site stretch goal. I think if we reach a thousand dollars a month, I will do a dedicated (laughs) weekly stream to playing stuff like bloodborne. Um, so so if you want to see that, uh, patreon.com slash that nerdy site. Um, hey, if I win
0: the lottery, it's all you.
1: Yeah, yeah there we go. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, I, I those types of games are just not my cup of tea. I, I play games to relax and unwind, and there's too much stress. I don't like dying. I don't like brutally difficult kinds of games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something like I, I appreciate that I have played Bloodborne now, and, and I can appreciate why people like that. Um, it's just not my my thing. Yeah. Um, so my top three PS4 games, uh, so my top one is God of War, uh, the 2018 one. Um, it, after 20 years, I think, supplanted Final Fantasy VI as my favorite game of all time, um, because I just think it is such a, I think it is a mastercraft in everything that it's trying to do, Mm -hmm. um, and there's not a, uh, the, the way I talk about it is stolen from somebody I heard talk at PAX one day of, like, you know, within every, um, good 30 hour game. There's a great 20 hour game. Um, like if it gets edited down to its, its core parts Mm -hmm. and stuff. And I think, uh, the, the way I look at God of War 2018 is it is a, um, uh, excellent 50 hour game that was edited down to a masterpiece of a 30 hour game. Um, uh, like everything, feeds into everything else in that game in such a beautiful way. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And, and so, yeah, the, the, that game is my number one, um, uh, and my favorite game of all time. Um, in terms of the other two, like it's, it would change on any given day, I'm sure. Um, cause like the, the first things that come to mind are, are going to be a little bit more recency bias. So like Spider-Man PS4 was mm-hmm. great. I loved it. I had a great time with that. Um, uncharted four is i think the you know the 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 culmination of an incredible series Um, i have no idea what last of us part two is going to do um i'm like they just announced today that they're going to be they're going to have a playable demo at pax east and i'm like maybe that's what i'm going to go try and do in the media hour (laughs) i'm just going to like run to the playstation booth and try and play that um Because I'm very excited for that. Um, So, I, but like, also, I love like Horizon Zero Dawn Mm -hmm. was a phenomenal game uh, and did everything that I would have wanted that game to do. Um, But then you've also got like, like, Ratchet and Clank was a great game. I love that. And for like a brief period of time, Insomniac had made my favorite game on the Xbox One with Sunset Overdrive and on the PS4 with Ratchet and Clank. Um, And then like a week or two later, Uncharted 4 came out and and ate its lunch. But, um, (laughs) But yeah, like so. There's just so many. There's so many great games on the PS4. Um, the Witness is one that was like uh, the the year of Uncharted 4 I actually gave The Witness my Game of the Year that year because it was like I knew Uncharted was gonna be good going into it. Yeah. The Witness was a surprise, and I love and and the puzzle solving mm-hmm. like just scratched the itch that I was looking for Absolutely. at that time.
0: It hooked me in like real quick, and it yeah. was hard. It's the- hard to not think about the, that game when you're not playing it.
1: Yeah. One of them, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely it, it definitely it was one of those that did that Tetris thing where like I would close my eyes and I would see those puzzles yes. or I would just like mm-hmm. walking around the world I would see those puzzles. Um and the one of my very proudest gaming achievements um in in The Witness is doing that damn challenge um the like the timed challenge at the uh like underneath everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um I, I spent like a week just trying that like night after night after night i would just kind of sit there and for like two or three hours i would just sit there and try and do it and fail and then like and there were like one or two times where like i almost did i almost got to the end uh and and just couldn't pull it off uh and that like the music was like burned into my brain and haunting me and and so when i finally did it like i was like this is this is what people feel like when they, you know, beat a boss in Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. I get it. That's this is great. Mm-hmm. I and and it was scratching like my, like it it felt unfair only in the sense that like everything was randomized in that 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 sucked. But like f- once I finally got like the perfect mix of like I I went to the right puzzles in the right locations and and I was able to like knock them out. Like achieving that just felt mm-hmm. god tier. I um, believe that's so, one
0: like, of the things that stopped me from actually pursuing the platinum in that game
1: yeah oh yeah i mean yeah it Was th- that was definitely <laughs> the thing that got me the platinum was getting yeah. that, that challenge so so yeah like that is my proudest platinum because of that um as well but yeah um so i i definitely want to give that a shout out but i guess i would say like of my top three the things that i think of probably like i would i would look back on most fondly um would probably be um god of war uncharted 4 and um horizon zero dawn um and there i'm sure there are better or or i'm sure there are like multi-platform games that i've loved Mm -hmm. um that have come on playstation that i've played on playstation 4 um but those are the three like exclusives that i would want to celebrate here um because like um i i what i love in storytelling or in video games these days is the stories that they can tell Mm -hmm. like i i love nintendo growing up but i i grew up with playstation um and playstation it feels like also grew up with yep. me mm-hmm. and has like matured and 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 tells you know mature stories these days so Absolutely. uh that i don't see you know when i go to a, a nintendo console or something like that so so celebrating those like i love the story i love the world that exists in horizon zero dawn i love aloy as a character mm-hmm uh I love like just I love the combat um it 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 felt so fun mm-hmm. you know 30 hours in it was still fun taking down uh, those those robo dinosaurs and all that stuff yeah um and then uncharted 4 was just like the payoff of the that whole uncharted story arc mm-hmm. um you know getting to play with Nate and Elena and Sully um in it it, it is a less um like uh, set piece spectacle sure. uh, game yeah but that's not what i was looking for from yeah. a final chapter for those characters mm-hmm. i wanted the time with those characters and and so i love i love the moments you get with those characters and also i just love uh, the one of the things that stands out with me that i loved at the time and i still continually think of when i think back on uncharted 4 is how they how they managed to tell like three or four stories kind of concurrently you have the the present day nate story but you also have kind of the the story of um uh libertalia like kind of uh from from inception to like what it becomes and then throughout the game you have kind of in the like the hidden collectibles and stuff you have the story being told of like the expeditions trying to find libertalia and basically you can see like this would be the path that Nate could go down if he didn't have like a uh, a center like uh Elena or or Sully to mm-hmm. like really ground him um like you could see him drifting into the madness that kind of consumed the prior journeys and Libertalia itself um so i and i I just love how those three stories are told throughout the entire course of the game um if you wanna to seek them out yeah, uh it was just really really cool and and just some of the the finest bit of storytelling i think naughty Mm -hmm. dog's done so i can't wait for (laughs) last of us part two and what they do Uh,
0: there yeah and and i'm very happy in uncharted four they they took a step back from like the supernatural element yeah i I think that's that's why another reason why i love that game so much is there was no you know possessed people or these yeti monsters or like
1: yeah Yeah. rafe is far and above like far and away the best villain in my opinion of the uncharted series Mm -hmm. because they give him a connection to um to to nate um they like and the way i describe it and the the parallel i made like uh, we talked about hamilton earlier are you familiar with hamilton have you like listened to the music of hamilton no i nothing okay well so without getting into like crazy hamilton like uh, a deep dive sure the the crux of hamilton's story is um hamilton and aaron burr um where aaron burr was kind of like doing things by the number his whole thing is like he waits he he waits and sees whereas hamilton is constantly kind of driving and mm-hmm. and going moving on to the next thing and uh and obviously that ends you know tragically with sp- spoilers on history uh aaron burr shooting <laughs> hamilton in a duel uh-huh. um uh and the parallel i made is that Rafe is very much Aaron Burr seeing Nate as Hamilton, like rise um, in, in renown over the course of that game from, from because the, the, the early setup stuff all happens before any of Nate's adventures uh, when they're two young treasure hunters, you know, going out there or three with, with Sam Mm -hmm. and Rafe, by the time we get to uncharted four in the the present day, Rafe has had to see um, Nate, find eldorado and uh and these like fantastical mythical like locations mm-hmm. and treasures he has seen nate do all of that while he's been looking for this one thing that he hasn't been able to find and uh and so like it it creates you know a personal history between those characters that is far more compelling than lazarevich getting you know roided up with blue goop and, yeah <laughs> and whatnot yeah um so like it it like the the fight scene at the end of that game um where it is like rafe is trying to kill you because of because he's gone mad with jealousy um and yeah it's a sword fight whatever it's a qt event Mm -hmm. but like it's still the best boss fight that we've gotten in any of those games because of the stakes and the history behind those two characters that is all set up in in that entirely in that self-contained game
0: yeah yeah those are all three solid choices i i can't can't really dispute those top three. I, I think God of War and Horizon would be in my top three as well. It's just that third one of like I love Uncharted Four. I also love Uncharted Lost Legacy. I think that's probably yeah, like yeah. my second favorite Uncharted game. Um I
1: I yeah, I love Lost Legacy. I would love to see them continue kind Absolutely. of telling stories with those characters, mm-hmm. even if they're not gonna, you know, circle back and, and do anything else with Nate's story. Yeah. I think they still have such a rich world that they can play around with and yeah. explore.
0: I also love like Rezogun holds a very special place in my heart as yep. being like the first downloaded game. I put on my PS4 and what are my proudest Platinum's um, that one? Or like a game of like Celeste or yeah. Celeste just, is great. There's just so many fantastic games on PS4. It's, it's yep. incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, before we end the episode, Trevor, I got to take yep. you through one more thing. Okay. Are you familiar with one Josh McCuga?
1: I am familiar with one Josh McCuga.
0: <laughs> I'm about to take you through the Makuga zone. So the Makuka Zone is something I ripped straight up from his YouTube show. Uh, I'm going to put three minutes on the clock. I'm just going to ask you random questions, icebreaker-type questions. The first thing that pops in your head is what you answer. Okay. Are you ready?
1: I mean, no, but sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also, like I said to everyone, these come from Elster.com. So if you want some icebreaker questions, go on there. And here we go. Favorite day of the week? Friday. Uh, Nickname your parents used to call you
1: uh don't. i mean uh uh, i will say tripper um okay we had a dog that was tripper they never really intended to call me tripper but because it was tripper and trevor it it happened gotcha
0: uh how long does does it take you to get ready
1: to get ready uh if i'm trying to really get ready uh i'd say like half an hour um but if i'm just going to work or something and don't care two minutes
0: (laughs) uh scale of one to ten how good of a driver are you
1: uh I, until two weeks ago i was a great driver that's right and i still am a great driver mm-hmm. but i was rear-ended uh on the freeway so that sucked um so i would say i i would say i'm an eight okay uh
0: first celebrity crush
1: um i i think i would probably say amy joe johnson the pink ranger hell yeah
0: same that's actually my first celebrity crush as well
1: <laughs> um, do you snore i don't believe so i i if i do it's intermittently.
0: uh cake or I'm, pie
1: uh can i say neither and sure. go with a brownie because i don't like cake or pie
0: <laughs> correct answer right there yeah. uh favorite I, like,
1: number. i uh, uh f- sorry family member
0: uh favorite number
1: oh favorite number uh 17
0: uh let's go back to you're about to talk about brownies oh uh, i'll
1: stop so, the clock uh, real quick it was <laughs> sorry it was it was less uh, less brownies and more uh like pies I worked uh, for the Costco bakery for a, a holiday season uh-huh. one year, where I basically was making like a thousand pumpkin pies a oh, night because they during that season they turned it into a twenty four hour shop. So I was working overnight shifts, just cranking out pie, pie, pie. Jeez. And so I could not look at apple pies or pumpkin pies or pecan pies for a good two years after that <laughs> that holiday season.
0: That's totally fair. Um, have you ever worn socks with sandals? No. Uh, what does a person I, I
1: don't i don't think i've ever worn sandals <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: what does a person need to be happy
1: oh that's a That's a heavy that's question. a that's a heavy that's, <laughs> that's a, a heavy question, question for an icebreaker yeah. <laughs> uh what does someone need to, ha- to be happy um friendship friends
0: uh if voldemort offered you a hug would you accept
1: Nah, fuck that guy.
0: <laughs> uh, would you rather um, uh,
1: unless unless I have the power of Harry Potter in me and it will burn him.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, would you rather cut it with a baby panda or a baby penguin?
1: Probably a baby penguin.
0: How many pull ups can you do in a row?
1: Oh, probably like two now. Uh, I used to I used to be able to do like a good dozen or so.
0: A favorite type of tea?
1: I do not like tea. I'm not a tea person.
0: Uh, speaking about cars, uh, what's the fastest speed you've ever driven in a car?
1: Uh, probably a hundred something. I, don't know. I, I like I did not realize I realized I was going a hundred, but I was racing to uh, to go see my girlfriend at the time uh, in across across state lines, and uh, and so yeah, driving driving the freeway, um, I I got up there and then I looked at the odometer. And I was like, oh, I need to <laughs> I need to slow it down. Uh, Godfather or Star Wars? Star Wars. Never seen Godfather. Oh,
0: okay. That's okay. I just recently made uh, corrected that myself, so I, I feel you. Uh, what's your favorite carb, bread, pasta, rice, or potatoes?
1: Uh, Potatoes.
0: Uh, We've got two more here. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, how good are you at Wiffle Ball?
1: Uh, which one's Wiffle Ball? <laughs> so I'm going to say two.
0: <laughs> wiffle Ball is like the plastic bat with the ball with the holes in it.
1: Okay. So it's basically baseball but with plastic stuff. Yes. Yeah, I'd say two. Okay. <laughs>
0: um and last one, uh, giving presents or getting presents? Giving absolutely the correct answer Uh, trevor you have survived the makuga zone and we are now at the end of the episode thank you so much for coming on this was a blast time really flew by i was not yeah it it was really really nice i'm glad we finally got to sit down and do this for real this time Um, yeah thank you for having me it's been
1: been a good good chat
0: yeah and i can't wait to see you in a couple weeks at pax it's gonna be fun yeah Um, if people want to follow you on the internet where can they find you
1: you can find me at Trevor J. Starkey on Twitter and any of the other social things I'm on. Um, I'm not on many of them because I'm an old fogey, but uh, <laughs> uh, Twitter is, is probably the the optimal place to go. Uh, and you can also find uh, everything we do over at That Nerdy Site, at That Nerdy Site on Twitter or That Nerdy or Patreon.com slash That Nerdy Site.
0: Nice. Uh, you can follow me at Ninja 73 on Twitter pretty much everywhere. Uh, you can follow this show at BFS Talk Funny on Twitter. And if you're listening to it, uh, on your app of choice great that means it's working uh, it's also everywhere else that you can listen to podcasts uh, if you like PlayStation my show the trophy room um, it goes live every week every Thursday with my uh, another kind of funny best friend mr. badbit um, that is at PS trophy room on Twitter and at on badbit games on YouTube um, and then kind of for all your New York uh, best friend community meetups and Uh, We're getting into the streaming game, and we have podcasts there, but just go to KindaNYC.com, and you'll find everything there. Um, So until next time, remember, be kinda to one another. Bye.